Episode of Hitting Paydirt by Impact Sports. This is Alex Beaudry. Back with me, as always, on Sunday, Mike Corwin. How you doing, Mike? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You look good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Younger, lighter. Yeah. New, um, is it a new skincare regimen? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there there's some youthful activities yeah, that, well, wh- whatever, that I partook in. Whatever um, you, whatever you're doing. Keep it up, man. You look good, especially for late on a Sunday. New year, same me. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is an important topic around the NFL community. Do you have any Do you have any New Year's resolutions? <laughs> <laughs> wow. On the spot. So I've never been like a big New Year's resolution guy. I'm not either. But my new New Year's resolution is to ask obnoxious questions like that one lady who's asked bill belichick in back-to-back weeks (laughs) if he's got any new year's resolutions that's actually pretty personal so i don't think you would even care and then well the best part he goes well you know maybe maybe next week after they lost right and then she comes back the balls (laughs) to be able to ask a second time i don't know who she is i get the sense that she's not a sports reporter she so, has to be a stand-in for so like, like she's well she's just like writing this story and she's like well i'm just gonna i don't know who this guy is so i'm just gonna keep asking him until he tells me his <laughs> until he tells me his new year's resolutions he bill belichick without trying to be the most electric man in the media since marshawn lynch he's must see television <laughs> i mean i i would pay the football is great I would pay to be in that media room. Uh, I would pay, yeah, as a spectator. Oh, I'm you not. Couldn't, you couldn't pay me enough money to be a beat reporter for the Patriots. No, no. There's like, but have you seen some of the interviews? Sometimes they will ask Bill Belichick the perfect question. He'll go on for like 10 minutes. I just saw a clip where a reporter asked him a question about like, some type of defensive scheme he went into like a 10 minute spiel on this defensive scheme and why it worked i feel like if you want to get like real nerdy with him he loves that shit but if you were like ask him personal questions or 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 you know you know the like what's your favorite food bill the the lollipop questions that every reporter asks like Hey, Bill, the defense gave up 250 yards rushing today. What do you think about that? Well, you're just going to get annihilated. Yeah, roasted. That's too funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The balls on her, though, to be able to ask, come back a second time after getting stonewalled the first time. So, um, yes, 100% agree. Hilarious quote uh, to the late Betty White, who unfortunately passed away this week. R.I.P. Yeah, a legend. Uh, my wife found this on Facebook. There's a quote that's attributed to Betty White that says, I don't know why when someone is strong, we say, oh, the balls on that person. Balls are weak and they're vulnerable. Like you get hit in the balls, right? That hurts. And like, it doesn't even need to be like a direct, like you just get it at the right angle. Yeah. 
you flick it, it hurts. And nick it? Oh. So she goes, yeah, why? I don't know why we compare strength to balls. We should we should compare it to vaginas because those suckers can take a pounding. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White said this. That's that's what my wife told me on Facebook. <laughs> I could totally see Betty White saying that. Though. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the rationale behind it, I get it. You could take a pounding, whereas yeah. <laughs> like balls, they're I mean, hand they're fragile. Oh man, this is this is getting explicit rating for sure <laughs> on the on the interwebs. But it was Betty White; it wasn't us. So don't get mad at me. Yeah, we're don't kill the messengers. Yeah, R.I.P. Betty White. Rough week for celebrities. John Madden died this week. Legend of football. They they say people die in threes or like celebrities die in Dan threes. Dan Reeves died. Do you remember him? Was he Atlanta's coach? For a long time, yeah. He was also a player. He played for the Cowboys for eight seasons. Wow. Yeah. Um, we I didn't have John Madden on you know, things topics to discuss today, but what a legend of football. I, I saw a tweet and I I think it's one hundred percent true. He's gotta be the most influential man in football ever. Really in the NFL, you think so? Ever. Or in general, in football. In football. In ever, ever. My son will know who John Madden is from just the video game standpoint. You look at his career as a NFL coach, which is probably what my dad's generation knew him as, and then broadcaster, which you and I probably knew him as. Like we were young, but yeah. Yep. But him and Pat Summerall always did those games, <clears throat> and then generations after us will know him as the football game creator it's so interesting that you say that because i was just talking about this with a different group of friends um how there will be a generation that grows up that will have questions as to like why is this football game named madden 100 percent. like they won't know who he is it's like you know, Vince Lombardi, it's the Lombardi trophy, but if you're not a Packer fan, how many young football fans, well, I guess he's an, an icon when it comes to coaching. I don't know. I think John Madden did more for the game of football than maybe any other person. I had to go, and I totally agree. Like, iconic, right? Like, the iconic, he was a Raiders coach, right? Yep. Um, And that's where he won that one Super Bowl. But that iconic, like, he's lifted up on shoulders and yeah. like, carried off of the field. Yeah. Um, I expected him to be more of a winning coach, if I'm being honest. Like, I mean, it's kind of shitty for me to say that, considering yeah. the dude just died. But I expected him to be more iconic, like, in his coaching career. But, yeah, across, right, coaching, he played? Yep. Um. Yeah, I guess when you group it in that sense. Well, and he was probably the best ever broadcaster for a long time. I mean, he was like goofy, he was a little silly, but he made watching football fun. Like, I'll never forget like those Thanksgiving games where he had the stupid turducken and he's handing yeah. out like turkey and duck legs for like <laughs> players who had good games. I mean, he just made it fun. Did he start the, like, turkey leg trend? Uh, yeah, I believe that was him. 
And then he had his little catchphrases like, boom, mm-hmm. tough acting to acting, you know, <laughs> all the like, commercials and shit he did. I mean, just a, a, an awesome man. He'll be missed. And you're right, you know, Jordan will never know who John Madden was and they'll wonder why it's called Madden. But at the same time, his name will be st- stamped on that forever. Yeah, like the Lombardi Trophy. Like, right. Like he was an iconic Green Bay coach. That's yep. all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, crazy. Um, in threes, man, right? Yeah. Um, metaphorically dead. AB. Yeah, we're going to get to Antonio Brown later. That was a weird scene. He's probably still on, like, he's probably still in an Uber. Uh, or in a private jet. He still has some cash. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like he, like, doesn't have any money. Uh, like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? He's like, in Wheels Up somewhere. Where Where in the world is Antonio Brown right now? He doesn't seem that upset about his decision. Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe ever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? That's yeah. We we can get to that whenever it, whenever we get to that segment of the well, of we're, the podcast. We're here, so we can talk about it. Cool. I love it. I would love to know what the trigger point was to get him to not only not let Mike Evans talk him off of the cliff of taking off his pads, but like getting him to that point to say, no, I'm done. Did you see Tom Brady's comments by chance? I didn't. So he was asked about it in the post-game interview, and Brady, without getting into details, just said, it's a really hard situation and we need to show empathy and compassion. Makes you think there's something more there. It's funny, all the Twitter doctors and psychologists that have come out, though, and have you know diagnosed him with this or that and nobody other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers know what actually happened to set him off I mean he was always an an eccentric guy to begin with oh yeah Um, but this I think was even a little extreme for him it yeah I I mean he I've I've seen players lose their cool before but to literally have someone strip on the sideline and quit and and not just like walk off in anger. He like walked on the field of play while the game was going on and was pumping up the road crowd. Yeah, hyped, hyped up the Jets fans. Yeah. Wild scene. How awkward is it for Tom Brady? Right? Like your, your boy that you how right like they lived together for a period of time took him under your wing and now you're playing at like a rival stadium like they already hate you and now like you have this meltdown on your team and then you almost lost today to the jets yeah that's got to be awkward for like a tom brady well and but he probably knows best about what's going on Good answer, right? Yeah. Like, there's two sides to every story. I I was telling you this earlier, but I think, I think it's really hard to imagine that Antonio Brown just out of the blue decided to do this. Like, I think there was certainly, like, some type of trigger, whether it's large or small, we don't know, considering Antonio Brown's past, but yeah. definitely something that triggered him to do this. 
Yeah, I would think so. It's just funny, all the rumors spreading. You know, there's people... I've seen it's, you know, tied to incentives. I've seen he's already got CTE. I've seen he's bipolar. I've seen... And nobody knows what's going on other than probably folks in that locker room, so... Everyone's a doctor on social media. Or, or you know, a leadership expert, and they know <laughs> yeah. exactly why Bruce Arians making decisions. <laughs> um, I, I trust Bruce Arians, and, like, Tom Brady as well. Like, I... I think they're smart football minds. Yeah, I mean, well, Tom Brady just wants to win, so he's going to do whatever he can to get the most talented players to play. And Bruce Arians seems to be a players coach, where like the everything I've seen, the players that played for him respect him. And yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. You, you can tell this story ain't going away soon, though. People are going to dig into it and figure out what happened. And this is going to be an NFL Live Sports Center like story for days to come like all week this is what we're going to hear the good news is if you're a buccaneers fan is you still have tom brady like anywhere else this could be a distraction that derails your team a week before the playoffs you have one more regular season game but you have tom brady but you have tom brady so you're probably still okay so what i would what what i'm most confused about with this entire like situation, how are they losing to the Jets by two touchdowns? That is also <laughs> super confusing. Like how how do you go down and you almost lost to the Jets today? Yeah, but it, the Jets, man, just losing in total Jets fashion. I I mean, is there a more Jets way to lose? I saw a tweet that said that that guy who caught the game winning again, I didn't watch the game, but the guy who caught the touchdown pass like didn't even play football in college. He was some track guy that they like picked up. <laughs> like, oh, you're fast. Can you, yeah, can here, you catch run this? and catch? I'm going I'm to find that out. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Yeah, so what? what is most perplexing about this story is last year, and I don't expect many people to remember this, but I just remember it because it was something written about Tom Brady's leadership. So last year, they brought in Antonio Brown and he was brought in like mid-season or he was serving a suspension and it was one of the final games of the regular season last year and I just remember the Bucks were up big I couldn't tell you the team that they were playing but they were up big and I remember seeing Tom Brady throwing the football yeah, we talked about this in an earlier podcast. Oh, we did? Yeah, where you were saying like he was getting him his number of receptions so that he got his incentive. Is that where you're going with that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Tom, who, what, how many quarterbacks do you think in the NFL know con- like the contract and incentive terms of other teammates that will help boost them up to get them their bonus? Very few, I yeah. would think. Do you think uh, AB went up to Tom and said, hey, bud, I need five catches? That seems more likely to me. Yeah. And Tom being a good teammate and be like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you would think so. Um, what's crazier is, so how many games did Antonio Brown miss this year? Half. Yeah. Like, I I was going to guess four to six. I don't remember how many. but well, he had the three-game suspension, and on top of that, he had the injury. for the fake, So the fake vax card injury, and then... Didn't he get co- was he on a COVID list? No, he was vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, 
Sorry. Boom. Sorry. Sorry. Couldn't help that myself. was good. <laughs> um, he would have hit his incentives had he not like falsified a vax card or just well paid his cook. The um, the vax card thing was like the perfect timing if you're um if you're Antonio Brown because he was hurt when that came down. So he served his three game suspension, but he was likely to miss at least two of those. I mean, still you're I mean, he'd play one of those. He'd still have another game under his belt to meet those incentives. Like you would have already met it at this point, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um Spotrek had a good tweet today. So he had about a million dollars still in incentives that he could have earned. Um, pull up this list. He only needed eight more catches to unlock a third of a mil. That one might have been tough, to be honest. He had, how many catches did he have today before? Losing it. I only had three catches today. You figure he finishes the game with six. He only needed five more catches next week. That's gettable. Oh, that's... He needed 55 receiving yards to get another 333,000. That's gettable. Yeah. And he needed just one more touchdown. So eight catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown for another million dollars. I know there's a lot swirling in the media about him being unstable and whatnot. Um, Something tells me that there's just more layers to this that will eventually come out, I'm sure. Um, But... Yeah, something tells me it wasn't just based on, like, incentives or even, like, a benching. Like, hey, you came to the game late, buddy. Whatever the case may be, and, like, you're not going to play. You want to take a guess at his career earnings? How much he's made in his 11 years? <laughs> sure. Um, Across 11 years, I'd say... Wow, dude, that's hard. Because, like, you have to think back. He, he was a sixth-round draft pick. Right. Um, I'm going to guess 65 mil. That's a good guess. 80 million. Hmm. Uh, he made 69 mil with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nice. He made $860,000 with the Raiders. Didn't play a snap, huh? He made $5.4 million in cash with the New England Patriots. That's, I mean, he played. He was on that team for 10 days. Yep. Like a game and a half, right? There was some rumors that they were going to go after him for that signing bonus. I don't know if they ever did. I do remember that. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, You can tell, I can tell you one thing. Sports Center and other media outlets will not let this go. This will be news for a week. Yeah, for a while. So buckle up, brace yourselves. Uh, it's going to be a fun one this week. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's. Well, we'll stick with the NFL, and then I do want to get back to college football. Um, just some interesting Twitter gossip. Please do share. Uh, so the Jags are in full blown search mode trying to 
find their replacement for one Urban Meyer, which I don't know how you replace an Urban Meyer. He is truly one in a billion. One in a billion. Uh, well, I know how to replace him. Bring in his cousin, Rural Meyer. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm hanging we around you too much. COVID vaccine dad, jokes and dad jokes. Dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i expected more from the rural minor one i mean i chuckled that was <laughs> although it was more of a sympathy chuckle uh, uh, but he is one of a kind yes sorry i yeah. cut you off <laughs> anyway uh so that the jaguars looking for a coach i've heard both um offensive and defensive coordinators for said buccaneers have interviewed um uh i heard the offensive coordinator or the Cowboys um, has Kellen, Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they're, they're interviewing guys. Joel Corey from CBS, he's a former agent. CBS Sports ran a article and they quoted a coaching agent that said, this is a quote from an agent, my client would have to fire me to take an interview there under this setup. No way, it's totally backwards. Implying <laughs> that the the general manager there, Trent Bulky, I believe how you say his name, uh, is not fit for the job. There is another <clears throat> good Twitter follow, I think it's like Nuts or Angry Scout or something like that. He's an anonymous Twitter who is like a current NFL scout. He's a funny little follow. He said that like Bulky's got to go. So, if you go deep into the bowels of football Twitter, they're trying, they're mutinizing against the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And are you surprised by that? Well, if he was the one responsible for bringing in Urban Meyer, a lot of times the GM and the head coach are going to be kind of tied at the hip. Um, but what's interesting is like Urban fell out in such style that you would think like, okay, we're going to get in a new guy. We'll settle things down. And like they can't even start interviewing guys. We're now like the the ship has turned and they're just trying to get the GM out of there as well. It is interesting because didn't Tom Coughlin, the former coach from the Giants, yep. was he – was he the GM, the president? Like he wasn't a coach. Well, so he was a former coach in Jacksonville before he was a coach in New York. But I thought he went back and spent time, and I don't remember, like, oh, so he was relieved of his duties as executive vice president of football operations. Um. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. And that makes you wonder how much of it right was was on him or how much of it was like on the front office. Like can they just knock it out of their own way? So this is an ESPN article back to December of 2019. Uh Jaguars owner Shad Khan fired executive vice president of football operations Tom Coughlin on Wednesday, 2 days after the NFLPA warned players 
of potentially signing with the franchise because of excessive fines and player grievances. Oh, that's right. Do you remember that? No, not at all. Oh, really? He was... Could you imagine the the union coming out and saying, don't sign in Jacksonville. Because they're they're, fining players. They're, yeah. I think he had, he had like a falling out with like, man, I want to say like Marvin Jones and him had a falling out. And then like, I think Jalen Ramsey was on the team and Coughlin and Jalen Ramsey had a thing. Like they just didn't get along either. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> don't sign here. They're fining players. I love that. What a <laughs> yeah. It that's that's so intriguing, especially like if you're Shad Khan, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got to be in a hot seat a little bit, right? Cuz you I mean, who's uh, you can't fire the owner. So so you're the expert here the existing NFL owners, do they have to vote you in or approve you as an NFL owner before you actually can buy an NFL team? Uh, That's a good question. I actually don't know the ins and outs of how to become an owner. I thought there was, there's some type of like, some type of voting that occurs amongst NFL owners to allow a new owner into this like, into the club for the lack of a better term um which isn't that surprising if you think about the nfl and some of their exclusivity but if you're shod khan um you got to be on the hot seat a little bit yeah but you can't get kicked out for incompetence if you could that sweet old lady who runs the Chicago Bears probably should have been kicked out a long time ago. Yeah. Or the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland. I mean, there is a, a lot of bad, I shouldn't say bad franchises. There are a lot of franchises who have struggled mightily for decades. And unfortunately for them, when you're really rich, you can kind of do whatever you want. And. As long as the check's clear, you can pretty much do what you want as long as you're not hurting the shield. You're not hurting the brand. So, sure. you know, racist comments. But even look at Kraft, what he got in trouble for. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. What happened to him? Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Uh, the videos got deleted. Yeah, and he settled out of court for who knows what. And, yeah, that's done and over with. Yep. So you can pretty much do what you want. And, yeah, so he's not going anywhere. Interesting. Yeah, but I guess a little bit of Twitter mutiny going on against the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe it means nothing, but maybe it means something. Mm-hmm. Definitely a dumpster fire in Jacksonville Ooh. at the moment. We can agree on that. Yeah. The good news is Oh, I don't have this up. Uh yes I do. The good news is looking at back to back number one overall picks. There we go. First time since the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, went Rosen Murray back to back, number one overall picks. Do they pick Trevor Lawrence's replacement? <laughs> I I'm only half kidding. You would think he's got a longer leash, especially given all of the drama this season. He's had a tough draw. <laughs> and he's been quiet about it. He seems like a quiet guy to begin with, which is probably best. 
Have you seen Remember? The, yeah, of course you've seen Remember the Titans. Sunshine. Sun, he's the real life sunshine playing in the NFL. Yeah. Good for him. I, I wouldn't mind being sunshine. Another parody account when the when the Urban Meyer stuff hit and the girl was like pictured dancing on him. <laughs> there was a parody account that said that Urban Meyer actually came out and said that it was Trevor Lawrence dancing on him. <laughs> I love the internet. Undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because if I'm thinking back to the video, you like can't really see her face. It could be Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> it could be Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Except, you know, Trevor's like 6'5", and I'm sure he's taller than Urban Meyer, but that's hilarious. How how tall or how short was the bar stool that he was sitting on? You know, good point. <laughs> Here's the real watch watch Urban Meyer is now gonna be under under investigation for sexual assault of Trevor Lawrence. He uh, kicked a kicker and uh made his star quarterback dance on him at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're just kidding, of yeah, course. Yeah. Sorry, Urban. Yeah. Um Trevor, blink twice if you're in trouble. Yeah. all right let's get uh college amazing week of college football oh my god did you watch any elect of course electric yeah um i'm having a little trouble here with the headphones um both i mean both great games but also are you talking college football playoff yes sorry um alabama cincy and then Michigan, Georgia, both great games, electric. Um, hope you took the over. I thought, actually, I thought that both semifinal games were actually quite boring. Alabama and Georgia just both dominated the game. Cincinnati came out swinging. I was like, ooh, wow, here we go. There might be something there. Michigan. <laughs> that That game was over before halftime. Yeah, so for people listening, if you want to get rich in sports gambling, just take whatever I say and do the exact opposite, <laughs> and, and you'll be fine. I've missed on so many things. I thought if you look at who Georgia played this year, the SEC East is actually rather quite weak, like Florida way down. You know, they play like Vanderbilt and Tennessee. and Ole Miss might be like – yeah, th- so like Georgia, I think the best win they had was like over a nine and four SEC team, and then you watched them get dismantled by Alabama in the SEC championship game, and I was like, and Michigan beat Ohio State handedly. They um, crushed Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. I was like, I thought I th- I saw Michigan plus seven and a half yesterday. Luckily, I don't gamble on sports. If I did, I would have. I would have. You would have taken that. Oh, I probably would have taken Michigan money line, and felt great about it. And then it was like twenty-seven to three at halftime. Yeah. Like, oh god. We were actually talking about this. We thought Jim Harbaugh drank all the milk before that game. He was pretty fired up, though. I don't know. The thing is. Everybody, you know, is going to now 
so for a while, the SEC was like 0-5 in bowl games. Now they've won these two games. Everybody's like, see, the SEC wins games that they care about, blah, 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 blah. That old stupid mantra. I just don't think the SEC is the same SEC where it's good top to bottom. I just think they're very top heavy. Like they're not as deep as they used to be as much. No, you look at LSU. They they were way down this year. Um, Ole Miss was good, but they lost to Baylor yesterday. Now their star quarterback got hurt, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, I just don't think they're as deep as they were, but Alabama and Georgia were very clearly the two best teams. Like no other team could complain about not getting into the playoffs. Notre Dame lost to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, granted, were missing some pieces. They went down to the wire with a good Utah team in the Rose Bowl. That game was amazing. So, yeah, that was a shootout. Yeah, 48-45 or something like that. Um, so it, it was a good weekend. That Ohio State game, so they their two their two best receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, both sat. Uh, they opted out because they want you know they're both going to be first round picks. They had Marvin Harrison Jr., son of Indianapolis Colts Marvin Harrison. Wow. <clears throat> and oh god, I'm gonna blank on his name. Um, he's got two names. In let me get this right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had, the kid I'm thinking about had 300-plus receiving yards and three touchdowns. He set a record for uh, receiving oh. yards in a bowl game. Are you talking about OSU? Jingu Smith, is that his name? Hold on. You think with me being a football expert, I would, I would know this. Just really bad with names. You're talking about Ohio State's wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. Jackson Smith. I'm not even going to attempt. Two names, though. Hyphenated name, right? Yeah. I'm not even going to attempt the second part of his hyphenated name. But Jackson Smith. Yes. Jigba? Yep. 15 catches, 347, and three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison, six catches, Marvin Harrison Jr., excuse me, six catches, 71 yards, three touchdowns. C.J. Stroud, 573 yards and six touchdowns. That's video game type stats. He's a freshman. (laughs) Awesome. I think he's a redshirt freshman, but still. Unbelievable. Yeah, so Ohio State's got a little bit of talent on that team. It, it's like watching that and then going, like, how is Wisconsin supposed to compete with that? Right. Right. Well, or how is any uh, Iowa, Penn State even? Like, how are you yeah. supposed to compete with that? Right. Just <clears throat> massive amounts of talent. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Like, we were even looking up stats before before this podcast. Total defense. Wisconsin is ranked number one on total defense. I mean, you're not stopping those guys. Well, sorry. And Wisconsin's ranked number one, and and Wisconsin's going to have a handful of guys get drafted from that defense. I saw one Twitter draft expert, so take it for whatever it is. But you might have eleven guys from Georgia's defense get drafted this year. Eleven. 
like like the whole starting like right like yeah. the whole starting defense is going to get drafted i know that's not how it works but yeah that's wild yeah cuz you also have a couple of backups at some positions and stuff but which isn't that crazy how deep yeah right a squad like that is like you could have a guy who doesn't start get drafted i tweeted this yesterday alabama next year in the 2023 nfl draft could have the number one and number two overall picks because you can guarantee bryce young will probably be number one mm-hmm. he's going to be the best quarterback next year this kid will anderson also another junior will anderson jr outside linebacker edge guy he's got 17 and a half sacks this year with over 30 tackles for loss He's a sophomore. In his two years at Alabama, he's had 24 and a half sacks and 41 and a half tackles for loss. A man amongst boys. He's 19 years old. <laughs> 20 years old, whatever he is. That's that's insane. I I don't remember where where I saw this, but there was a clip of somebody talking about the difference between like Division One schools and Division Two schools and the players that get attracted to those types of schools. And somebody was trying to say that there isn't a huge difference between Division One football players and Division Two football players. So there there are, there'll be a handful of guys from Division, well, what we now call FCS, which is like Division One AA, that'll go in the NFL draft. There's always 6 to 12. On top of that, you'll have a couple of guys from Division Two schools that make the NFL. So there is talent at that level. Of course. But it's the depth. Yep. Like, I saw, I saw another tweet that said, looking at Alabama, like, you can't tell me that other teams, even in FBS, are playing the same sport. <laughs> like, if you look at, I don't know, I'll pick on somebody in the Big Ten. Who was bad in the Big Ten this year? Rutgers. Yeah. Maryland. These two schools are playing the same sport as Alabama. And th- and those are Big Ten schools. Now look at, you know, s- some someone in the MAC. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. not to I'm, pick on those schools, no, but I mean pick I mean, pick your conference, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, that's so true. Uh, the depth is right. So, like, the top player at, like, an Alabama and the top player at, like, a Rutgers, Maryland, I don't think that difference is is a ton. Like, it, yeah, it's negligible. A little bit, right? I mean, maybe the player from Alabama is a little bit better, whatever. But, yeah, it's that second, third man up where Alabama just, like, every dude on that roster can start somewhere D1. So a couple of thoughts about Alabama. It's interesting the way Nick Saban recruits. So I think a lot of coaches will like look at a productive high school player. And like let's say you have a running back who, you know, rushes for 4000 yards and over his career and like a lot of schools will go for him. Saban treats it like a pro team where he only recruits guys who fit. Like okay, I want my left tackle to be at least 6 foot 4 have at least 35-inch arms, and weigh at least 300 pounds. So, like, if his one of his recruiter comes and says, hey, I got this left tackle, so no, I won't recruit him. He's only 6'2". This is actually Confirmed. 
He treats it like an NFL team. Guy knows what he likes. Well, it's also a lot easier to do that when you have the pick of the litter. I mean, it's pretty easy to recruit when you got that A on your shirt and you're Nick Saban and you've been to six of the last eight national championship games. It's pretty easy. It has to be pretty, yeah. Like you have an, oh, Nick Saban is on the phone? Oh, I, I want you to play for me. You want to play in the NFL? Come play for me. You got a real good shot of doing it. Yeah, here are the numbers of the last five years of players from Alabama that went to the NFL. Yeah, it was insane. What do you think that percentage is? More than 25%. On the roster? Because you got to remember they carry like 110-man rosters. So and you figure only 22 of those guys start either on offense or defense. So I think I'm just thinking total across the last, I don't know, we'll say five years. How many players have been drafted into the NFL from Alabama? A quarter? Um, I'm going to see it. No, it's way lower than that, actually. <laughs> I'm going to guess, if I had to guess, over the last five years, I'm going to guess Alabama gets anywhere between seven and 12 guys drafted a year. So you're looking at 35, 40 guys over the last five years. Okay, I guess that's true. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Could be wrong, but those rosters are so big. Most of the guys on those rosters never play. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so I just Googled, and Wikipedia has given me a list of since 1936. Oh, yeah. Let's start digging into that bad boy. 375 players have been drafted into the NFL from Alabama since 1936. So your 40 might be uh, a little more accurate than my 25%. Yeah, that's all right. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Alabama there's I think there's only one way to create parity in college football like true parity where you can get more teams involved unfortunately it comes at the cost of the athlete I think if you cut the number of football scholarships across programs by 10 I think you would create a ton more parity in football because think of the bottom 10 guys that are that are getting scholarships, not on the roster, getting scholarships. Those 10 guys no longer are going to go to Alabama. They're going to go to Auburn. They're going to go to Georgia. They're going to go to – and now those guys that are currently at Auburn or Georgia, now they're dropping off to the next school, right? Unfortunately, you do that across 128 programs. You just cut 1,000 kids' scholarships. I don't know if that's the right answer, but that would be a way to create more parity in sports – where at least some of these other guys aren't going to sit at, you know, Alabama for a couple of years, hoping to make it with Nick Saban, you know, maybe they go play somewhere else. That's an interesting take. I, what, how do you think that NIL implicates? Yeah, it could help. Idea. Right. And just say, you know, you can go wherever you want to make your money. The problem is like NIL is not going to be a windfall of cash for everybody. No. Right. For the, like it, again, we're talking about the top, the top people like nil is going to be great you're you're sitting at kent state like no offense to anyone at kent state like i mean great great program but 
you're not you're not making a ton of money yeah or just like maybe you are but you're just not going to have the same opportunity that you will at a nick saban led program yeah interesting well last thing i want to say about college football did you see kirk herbstreet's comments i did Built different. They're just built different today. Twitter was on fuego yesterday. Do you want to fill in the listeners at home just in case they missed? So Kirk Herbstreet, during the college football pregame on ESPN, basically said today's athletes are entitled. They don't love the game of football. They're all opting out because they're selfish. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he was getting at. To his defense, he did clarify his comments after the fact. I think he went on Twitter and was like, oh, my God, I'm getting annihilated Blown here. up. He's like, you know, I didn't mean to generalize that. Obviously, some people who are opting out love the game of football, but, you know, this is happening. <laughs> Yahoo Sports wrote an article that said, uh, well, ESPN carries 99% of the college football bowl games. So their star reporter gets upset when stars don't play in games. <laughs> Maybe. Um, what do you think about his comments? I, I think they're... What bothers me the most about his comments are it's people like him who will say things like... Well, I, I don't, well, don't want to say this about Herb Street because I actually don't know his stance on it. But I've noticed like certain people will come out and say like players need to get paid. We need to do more for players. They're you know players' rights, players, 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 players. And then the first time somebody makes a decision for their own personal self, they're now cast off as selfish or they don't care about their teammates or like why should any player play in a bowl game that's not for a championship. If, if, if you are truly, I think in my role as an agent, if a player asked me, what should I do? If playing in your bowl game can help your draft stock, you should play. Scouts are watching every game, especially towards the end. You might even have a general manager in attendance of that game. If it can help you, you should play. If it can't help you, if you are Chris Olave, or Garrett Wilson, both who could be top 10 draft picks. Playing in the Rose Bowl, which is a glorified exhibition game. Sorry, it is. It was a great game. But, it, you know, it's not It's not going to help them. Why should they play and risk injury? I saw a great tweet from, um, God, I'm terrible with names, McKinnon, the UCF quarterback. I think I got his name right. He said if we really care and you want players to play in these bowl games, play them the week after championship week. So right after the SEC championship, play the bowl games. Like why are we waiting a month? We're getting too close to draft time. These players are preparing for the biggest interview of their lives, a la all-star games in the combine. Why don't we get these bowl games over with at the beginning of December? Let these kids prepare. You'll get more kids that will play. So I thought that was a great point. Problem is TV money. They want these games played on January because everybody's at home. Exactly. I mean, yeah, your prime time. Exactly. So, yeah. Interesting. I, so so you, 
you disagree with Herb Street a little bit here? Well, I guess it depends on... I don't think it's fair to call these kids selfish when these programs don't care about these kids. Like Bill O'Brien, or not Bill O'Brien, um, Brian Kelly, excuse me, from Notre Dame. No, Nobody chastised him when he went to LSU. Why can coaches leave but players sit out a game and that's a big deal? Like, yeah, is it selfish? Sure. That's a really good point. Yeah, so like don't uh, – like it's it's a double standard and these kids aren't making any money to play football and yet they have a chance to make millions at the next level. It's, I mean, one wrong turn, one wrong twist. Yeah, perfect example, Matt Corral, quarterback Ole Miss. Probably the number one overall pick. He decides to play for Ole Miss, gets rolled up on. I don't know if they've released his injury yet, but it's either a high ankle sprain or he fractured his ankle. Now, luckily for him, he plays quarterback, so it probably doesn't hurt his draft stock, but he's not going to be able to do his pro day, not going to be able to do the combine. These are all important steps for him as he looks to get drafted. And now he's hurt. So... That could happen to any one of these kids. And it's even worse if you're a wide receiver or a running back or a defensive back. Now you've fractured your leg. Who's going to draft you in three months? That's could be worth millions, that injury, depending on who you are, right? Like, okay, you're Bryce Young. Next year... You play in a bowl game, it'll probably be a meaningful bowl game. But let's let's pretend it isn't, and you get hurt. Are you going to fall in the draft? Of course. Like, m- maybe not far, right? Because you've proven yourself, but you're going to fall. You're not going to be the number one overall pick Yeah, we'll expect it to be. Let's take quarterbacks out of it for a second, because quarterbacks have the luxury of as long as the injury is not to their throwing shoulder of probably being okay Aiden Hutchinson there you go or or Kayvon Thibodeau who did opt out because he's at Oregon and they were not playing for anything you got these guys who could be the number one overall pick that's set to make like close to 40 million dollars guaranteed you get hurt you drop 10 picks you just lost like 15 million dollars and we're going to get upset at this college kid because he didn't "Quote unquote," play for his program in a in a Rose Bowl. Like, who gives a shit about a Rose Bowl? Yeah, I mean, then are it's the integrity of college football. So I get where the tryhards of college football, the Kirk Herbstreets of the world, Lee Corso of the world, like you're you want to see top talent against top talent, and these bowl games were never. I don't want to say meaningless, but years back, we didn't have a college football playoff. So, like, the Rose Bowl was was kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Today, you're right. You have, like, what, three games, right? You have, a sem- you have two semifinal games and you have one final game that actually means something. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the thing is too about these bowl games and about these schools and even ESPN to an extent they're bitching about it from the business side of things too 
They're mad at these kids who are making a business decision, but really they're just upset because it's hurting their bottom line it's because now viewership. the Rose Bowl's not getting views. ESPN's not getting views. Yep, spot on. And you know what the worst part is? The Rose Bowl had a phenomenal game. That was probably the best bowl game of the weekend. Yeah. It was awesome. And you know what? It was funny. Ohio State went down early. If you were on Twitter, oh, Utah cares more about this game. Ohio State doesn't care, you know. They don't even want to be there. Well, turns out they care. and turns out they have a whole lot of talent, and they still came back and beat Utah. Yep. So I'm just kind of sucks. I mean, I don't want to pile on Herb Street because everybody else did. And actually, he's probably the best announcer in football. He's so well prepared. In college football? I think in football. Like, I think he's better than broadcasters at the pro level. Like, the guy is always so well prepared. I enjoy listening to him call a game. It's just a really bad take. And I think mm. I would have expected more from Herb Street, especially as a former player who went to the pros. I feel like that almost hurts more. Like, I expected I'm not, more. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm working on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad voice you're killing it man so anything else on that no i mean i think i agree with you it's i mean it's just dumb today and i think what it boils down to is you have a passion you want to see top talent against top talent in whatever you're broadcasting or whatever you're announcing and i get that but at the end of the day, you can't advocate for more autonomy and independence financially and like just in life for college athletes and then turn around and make a comment saying like, hey, you know, these guys are selfish because X, Y and Z. The money that's that can be made is life changing money to so many people. Well, and how many of you out there who are calling college kids selfish would quit your job and take another job for five grand more. In a heartbeat. Yeah. These kids are playing for millions of dollars. And they're like, they can't do it without the bodies like that they have. Their bodies are their vehicle. If that gets hurt, that's their entire life is that, how their body can perform. Yes. That's their paycheck. And if they get hurt, whether or not it actually impacts their performance is irrelevant. It's all about the perception of it. And that draft is everything for a rookie contract. So yes. Yeah, I I, I think it's a little a little unfair and a little hypocritical to go both ways. Yeah. Um and just a different time, right? Like he's comparing players to what, like early two thousands and before? Well, and if you look at just the business of sports, it's exploded exploded the nfl salary caps like doubled since 92 mm-hmm. college football makes billions of dollars and these kids don't see a dime of it other than you know though they get their scholarships and their books and you know, yeah okay sure but they ain't getting paid for this you know well most aren't <laughs> good point <laughs> good point and now more are out in the open somewhat legitimately all right i think we beat that horse mm-hmm do you have um do you want to do college football final prediction or do you want to save that for the end of this podcast no let's do it right now since we're talking about it cool me or you 
I went first last week, but roll tide. Alabama's going to bully him just like the SEC championship. Wow, dude. Really? Yeah. Dude is going to run the ball down their throat. Georgia is going to, can I swear for (laughs) emphasis? Sure. Georgia is going to fuck Alabama up. So when you say fuck Alabama up, do you mean like win by three? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think uh, like no Nick Saban team, I think is going to get blown out of the water. I don't think that is a scenario that occurs. Um, Georgia is going to light Alabama up next week. They looked like the best team in college football last week. Did you watch the SEC championship game? We're not talking about that. Oh, but but we're talking about the same two teams, right? Uh Uh-huh. Hard to beat the same team twice, bro. Uh, And Georgia just looked like the better team. Uh, Do you want... To take a guess at what Kirby's smart record against Nick Saban is? I'm going to guess it starts with a zero. <laughs> that would be correct. Uh, maybe it ends with six. Ooh, no. Oh, and three. They don't play each other as often because they're on opposite opposite yeah. sides. Well, four times. The, what oh. is it? Fourth time is the charm? Oh, what'd you find? Well, I'm just making sure this... I don't know if this is before or after they played last. He might be on four. Regardless, um, Georgia Bulldogs coming in and going to bulldog Alabama. Okay. Uh, We'll see. Mm -hmm. I've been known to be wrong on this podcast, but I feel really (laughs) good about this one. So for those of you listening... Bet your house on the dogs because <laughs> I'm like extremely confident. Do you know odds? So they don't play. So we could actually do this again next week. They don't play again until January 10th. Oh, what are we doing? They always play the second Monday in January. So we got some time before this one kicks off. Do you want to know odds? Alabama's got to be favored, but I'm going to go eight. You think Alabama's favored? Alabama's 100% favored. You sure? I don't know what jaggedy website you're on if you got something different. Georgia minus two and a half. According to who? I just clicked the first one, Sporting News. Um, Georgia's favored to beat Alabama. Minus two and a half today. Today being the second. God, what, is, what does Vegas know that I don't know? <laughs> yeah, Bulldogs are two and a half point favorites as of... January 2nd. That's Over today. under is 52 and a half. Money line, Georgia minus 142, Alabama plus 116. <laughs> Bro, put... Take that put, to the bank, yeah, dude. Dude, put, dude put, put 100 on Alabama. I feel like I'm taking bucks. crazy pills here. <laughs> Alabama's the number one seed. Three trends to know. Alabama has won seven straight meetings against Georgia, <laughs> a streak that dates back to 2008. Crimson Tide are eight and six against the spread. This is the first time Alabama is an underdog since Halloween of 2015 against, you guessed it, Georgia Bulldogs. 
Georgia, nine and five against the spread this year, and they're five and one when the spread is less than twenty points. The underdog is six and one in the last seven meetings. So you're on to something. Alabama beat Georgia forty one to twenty four, and that game was never close. It's hard to beat a it's hard to beat the same team twice. And Georgia looked in so much better. In Atlanta. Semantics, bro. Man, uh, if you're going to give Alabama points. I mean, two and a half. Take them. Money line plus 116. I'm, I'm sticking it out, man. That, that Georgia defense looked phenomenal. Not when they gave up 41 points to Alabama. All right. We'll see. We'll talk about it more next week. Uh, okay. So Alabama. We'll see if Georgia. that line moves. I do love that we always have opposite takes here. Makes it easy. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, shall we get into the NFC East? Wrap that sucker up? I think we shall. Okay. The NFC East. Or the As NFC least. Nice, dude. <laughs> Boom. Yes, dad jokes galore on episode wow. number 13. Dude, we're all over it. So before we even get started, our boy here, Alex, um, for those of you at home listening, uh, he has one son, cutest kid in the world. Um, Thank you. Alluded to him earlier, Jordan. Um, homie's about to, about to have a little sister. Yes, I mentioned that on the Wednesday podcast because I was giving the listeners a scheduling might be a little bit tricky coming <laughs> up because uh, we're scheduled to go to the hospital on Friday. You're going to be a father of two. I know. <laughs> you sound thrilled. I'm terrified and tired just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not the one having the baby, right? No. But Does I gotta, Katie listen to these? No. Okay, so we're safe to... Cool. Yeah. And... Don't anybody telling me. <laughs> yeah, she does the hard part at the beginning, but then I still got to be there to take care of it. And like, you have to like, are you at the head of the bed, the foot as, of the bed, as close to the head as you can get, as far up and away from the action? Mm-hmm. But I mean, Katie's not that tall. You're there. You're in it. Do you do you give her like a hand, a back rub, like what? No, she didn't. Well, the first time around, she I. She was going to throw up because of the pain, and she's like, I'm going to throw this fucking bucket at your head. Those were the exact <laughs> words that she said. <laughs> Not paraphrasing this time. No, that was, those were, that was a quote. That's a direct quote. <laughs> yes. And a true story. And so could, she didn't want any back rub. She didn't want a foot rub. She actually wanted me probably not to be there, at least in that moment. I mean, she wanted me there. Yeah. But um, but you just weren't doing something correctly that she I wanted at that time. I wasn't doing anything at all. There, there's Women your, are crazy. There is your pro. Wait, child, For the record, childbirth is like witnessing an ex an exorcism, and anybody who's who is a parent can attest to this. <laughs> You're gonna get canceled on your own podcast, man. I love it. No, dude. So, like, look, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If men had to give birth, 
the human race would come to a screeching halt because we're sissies and there's no way we could do it. Hundred percent. But when a woman go when a woman goes through childbirth, it is like witnessing an exorcism. Katie was in so much pain with contractions, and we had to wait for the anesthesiologist to show up because apparently it was a busy day at the hospital. Her head was spinning on her shoulders. And <laughs> like then, it went around? Yes. Did a 360? Did a 360, just like the exorcism. And she told me she was going to throw the bucket at my head. And then she got that shot in her back. She was sleeping 15 minutes later. <laughs> Bananas experience, dude. <laughs> so, so this time around, did you learn anything from the previous experience? Going in now as like, you're not, this isn't your rookie deal anymore. This is now like your second, we'll call it a Super Bowl. Yeah, this is going to be weird because this one's a little bit more planned. At least as of now, things are subject to change, obviously. There's more experience, not only for you, but for Katie as well. Yeah, she knows what she's getting herself into. Um, But it's just a little bit interesting, like having, like we're going to the hospital at 8.30 on Friday. That's a little bit weirder feeling than like Jordan... We went in at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Are you going to offer like a hand? Like I feel like that's the most dangerous move is offering your hand. Getting crushed. For your what? Oh, dude. And you come out and it's just like it looks like Brett Favre threw footballs at your hand all day. Yeah. No, I don't don't know. I'll do do my best to not, you know, make her angrier provide whatever support i can but i wish you could bottle up the pregnant woman strength and put it into like a pre-workout powder Mm. and sell it Mm. yeah like you're power cleaning a thousand pounds with that pregnant woman powder strength man shout out to the moms (laughs) if yeah if y'all can bottle that up and put it into a pre-workout um Please do share. I do think this time will go quicker just because it's the second time. Second I've, time moms. I've heard it just walks out. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, like they just, a baby giraffe. Yeah. Slide. Give it 15 minutes and it can start running. <laughs> it just slides right out is what I was told. Well, I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> it's like being at a and, water park. <laughs> and yeah. that concludes Alex and Mike's baby talk. <laughs> Please tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. We uh, will... We'll do a play-by-play? No, we won't. No, we won't. Okay. We'll lose all of our (laughs) listeners. All right. Oh, man. Can we we please talk football now? Yeah. Yeah, we can stop talking about childbirth. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's making me queasy thinking about it. Oh, man. All right. How How did you get triggered by me saying the NFC least? That was our segue into childbirth. NFC least. And you're like, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Alex is having a baby. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't like, I think so. I have boys at the top of my list for oh, cowboys. And that, that's what did it, huh? Which made me think of Jordan. Yeah, which made me think of, okay. Parent. Uh, it, don't, don't ask questions <laughs> that you don't, like, not prepared. <laughs> I for the answers to it's a scary place in here dude so but that was not a planned thing on your end to ask you about no okay <laughs> <laughs> no. 
know. Love it. There's Love nothing it. written down here that says ask <laughs> Alex about childbirth next like, week. I, I got a, a perfect time for this. Right after we talk college football, right before we talk about the NFC East, baby talk. Baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Should we talk about the NFC least mm-hmm. or the NFC East? Got a little bit more interesting today. Just a little bit. Dallas still won the division. But the Packers clinched the number one overall seed mm-hmm. with the win over Minnesota. The Packers also did a huge favor for for, for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who Same are now one. nine and seven. Um, so Dallas is eleven and five, I believe. Phillies nine and seven. Every time I see WFT, I think WTF. Do you do this? Like you read an online article. And you just see WFT. Yes. So the Washington football team, 6-10. and 10. Also fitting yeah, for so that fitting. team name. Another sidebar discussion here. Did you see those bros trying to reach Jalen Hurts' hand and the stadium broke? <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, welcome to Dan Snyder's football team. <laughs> like... What a, what a better physical representation <laughs> for what that poor franchise has been through. What What's going through your mind if you're Jalen Hurts? Like a poor Jalen. Well, thank God, but, you didn't, thank God you didn't get hurt. Yeah. Like those guys, they're, they're like, I don't know, six, seven people fell <laughs> out of the stands. Like that's a couple, several hundred pounds that could have fallen on him. And like, not to mention, you don't know who these people are. Like, luckily they got up. They seem to be nice fans. They're just trying to take pictures and stuff with them. But mm-hmm. like, good God. <laughs> it was like they're up on the stadium and what fell with them looked like one of those like little barricades you put like in the street. Oh. Like for, at a parade. Yes. Yeah. No, I know it. Like the barred. Yes. Yeah. That's or, what fell. Or so something. So like, hey, hey, should we put up some uh, like physical barriers oh no just go grab that thing from the hall and just stick it up on the side yeah we'll be fine just balance it no one's (laughs) gonna lean on it it'll be fine (laughs) what is going on oh my god oh man no that yeah that i mean glad he's okay but i mean what goes through i don't know if i'd ever trust another like run into the tunnel with people like leaning against a railing ever again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. That's <laughs> wild. I couldn't believe that today. Any surprises for this division before we do team by team? I mean, that's tough. Um, surprises, like, I guess, I guess the Eagles are having a better year than I thought they would. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Cowboys are like every year there's nothing but a hype train that's coming at the Cowboys. And every year they seem to disappoint. To be honest, like I'm surpri- I'm not surprised that they're 11 and 5 because of the division that they're in. Um I just I think they're sorry to anyone in Dallas listening. I know that we probably have a couple listeners in Texas. Uh Dallas is just overhyped every single year. And I think every single year they underperform. And I think this year is just like 
an inv- like an invincibility cloak of 11 and 5 as a division leader that just isn't true like i don't think they play like an 11 and 5 team like you're not a game worse than the LA Rams which are 12 and 4 like so if they would have won today if they had beat the Cardinals they would have been the only team that could have caught the Packers for the number one overall seed. Which is absurd. Yeah. But like a real shot of happening. The Cardinals are coming in on a three-game skid. I don't know who they play next week. It's someone in their division. So it's probably going to be a win. Could have easily been the number one seed if the Packers dropped a game. I mean, which such a weak number one seed in the nfc if you ask me but i mean it i mean it's the way that it's set up i get it um just as a surprise those would probably be the two teams like i i think we expected the giants to be bad i don't know that i expected them to be this bad i expected them to be better actually you know what i don't know what i expected out of the washington football team they were a playoff team last year uh well Fitz Magic got hurt like like the Real first early. like the first play of like the 2021 season. I have some notes on Fitz Magic. I love it. When we get to the Redskins, I oops, excuse it. me, the football team. How dare you? I know. <laughs> Canceled for childbirth. Now we're gonna cancel yep. for racist comments. Like, actually, for real. Thanks now. a lot, Dan Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get canceled. Um, what about you? Do you have any surprises? Um. I am too surprised that Philadelphia is good. And I'll get to that when we get to them. Other than that, this division, if you like showed me this record list in August, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it's about right. Would you flip any teams? I probably would have flipped two teams. I think I would have actually projected Philly to finish last, believe it or not. And then move the other two teams up. I would have expected Washington to finish second and the Giants to finish third and Philly to finish last. Wow. Okay. The only reason why, dead cap. Mm, Okay. Philly, we'll talk about this when we get to Philly. Philly's got $62 million in dead cap this year. Oh, Jesus. That sounds like a lot. Well, when you think the salary cap's 182 and a half, mm. a third of that you're paying to guys who aren't even on your team. The fact that they're still competitive is a miracle. I would be very intrigued to know who they're paying, but we'll get there. Yeah. So I would have, just from a financial standpoint, I would have projected Philly to be much, much worse, but they're doing a heck of a job and they're going to be a playoff team. All right. Anything else on the division? Nope. All right, let's go top to bottom. Starting with Dallas Cowboys, allegedly America's team, which not yeah. true. Depends who you ask and where you are. Um, thanks to their 56-point beatdown on the Washington football team last week, they are first in points scored, and they are tied for seventh in points against. PFF has them as second overall First on offense, 12th on defense. When I was digging into the Cowboys here, I think we got to start with Micah Parsons. 
the 11th pick out of yeah the 11th pick out of Penn State is a monster and he's having a monster rookie year he's my bet to be defensive rookie of the year I know he was meat sticks defensive rookie of the year pick through 15 games he had 13 sacks and three forced fumbles I mean the dudes dudes a monster I was going to have a take if you went back and redid the 2021 NFL draft, like, would you take Micah Parsons top five? I was going to go as far as say he should be the number one overall pick. But then I went through and looked at the draft. Last year's draft was incredible. So I'll, I'll run through some names. We have three quarterbacks, Lawrence, Wilson, Lance. Jury's still out on all of those. Kyle Pitts with Atlanta. He just became the second-ever rookie tight end to have over 1,000 yards receiving. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, probably your offensive rookie of the year. He had 266 yards receiving today and three touchdowns. Jalen Waddell, who's having a monster year down in – Miami. Uh, Panay Sewell, offensive tackle, drafted by the Lions. He's having a good rookie year. J.C. Horn, I think, might be the one who's having a tough go. Cornerback, drafted by Carolina. Um, then you got Pat Sertan, the second. Justin Fields, and then Micah Parsons. I mean, knowing what you know about all of those guys today... Yeah, that probably gets switched around. Um, A little bit, but not much, right? I mean, I th- honestly, the four worst picks on this list were the quarterbacks. <laughs> and it's, it's just because it takes longer for a rookie quarterback to develop. Exactly. So you beat me to it, right? Like, we, jury's still out on a lot of those dudes. Like, meat lockers, really high on Trey Lance. Um, yeah. Trevor Lawrence still could be something. Um, but yeah, as of today, based on production, um, Parsons is in the top five for me. Dep- and team need, obviously. Yeah, I just I was surprised when I went back and looked at the top eleven picks. I thought it would have been clear cut, like, oh yeah, Micah Parsons should have been the first non quarterback taken. I don't know if that's so easy. Mm, yeah, it's a good group of. This is a good draft class. Talented. All right, so that's my take on Micah Parsons. Um, Dak Prescott, we got to talk about him. He had an interesting journey to his contract extension. So he was franchise tagged in 2020, shattered his leg. No, excuse me, he was entering free agency. Oh, now I got my timeline all backed up. No, he was tagged. He was tagged and then broke his leg, right? Like late in the season or something, or like mid-season, I Mid-season, yeah. So then he was up for his extension again. He was actually franchise tagged a second time. Yep. But then he signed his extension shortly after signing the tag. He signed the same year they signed Ezekiel Elliott. Well, they just signed him to an extension this year. It was March of 2021. Uh, Prescott? Yep. Confirmed. Oh, this year? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, never mind. Maybe. So what? 
I thought like Zeke got money, and then um, like shortly thereafter, it might Jer- have been Prescott's first franchise tag in 2020. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it is. Because I remember there was like a lot of speculation on who should they pay. Dak or Zeke? Well, they're paying Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Found a way to pay them all. Jerry Jones is a uh, elusive man. Loves to pay his offense. Um, but Prescott. So this year, this year really is Dallas's year. He's only got a cap hit of seventeen point two million dollars this year. That balloons up to thirty four point five in twenty twenty two, and. Forty-five million in 2023. That's and insane. Forty-eight million in 2024. That's wild. And then 2025 right now is a void year, so it's a year they tacked on to spread out some of that signing bonus money. But yeah, he's. I mean, he signed for four years, 160 million. Good you, deal if you can get it. I was just about to ask. You think he's worth it? Yes, 100. percent I don't know what's going to happen to the quarterback market, though. And what I mean by that is, like, so 2024, he's got a $48 million cap hit. Let's assume that stays. They don't restructure or anything. Your next big quarterback, Kyler Murray, probably the next real big one. Are we going to see a $50 million quarterback year? The way it's trending. It only goes up. It doesn't come down. It's like the stock market. Mm-hmm. But what hurts teams is the salary cap did go down last year with COVID. But player salaries really didn't. Crazy. I mean, next year he's going to have – well, he's not a good example. Who would be a good example of this? Uh, Rodgers, I think. Well, who's going to be the highest cap hit next year? It might be Rodgers. Regardless, let's say you have a quarterback who's going to be getting paid 40 to $45 million next year, which will happen. The cap's 208. It's like 25% of your salary cap. It, yeah. Uh, I would be shocked if we went backwards. It, it has to happen at some point. Maybe. I don't, but then again, you think about TV deals and you think about how certain things and like the structure of certain TV deals, they only go up as well. So then you think about quarterback contracts with that. You're the most important dude on that team. Uh, Most guys want to get paid like it too. Like not everyone is Tom Brady. I have a hard time believing that we would go backwards, but I'm sure that we will find some guys. Is it going to be a Kyler Murray type player? No, but I'm sure we'll find some guys that, that maybe, you know, love the team that they play for. It's a perfect fit. Everything seems right. I'll forego a little bit of extra money to stay in this perfect situation. If as a team you are able to draft and develop quarterbacks, you're at a huge advantage. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this when we get to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is accounting for less than 1% of the Eagles' salary cap next year. 
So like if you can do that and get someone who's, I mean, think about like what uh, Russell Wilson was able to do in Seattle. There's a reason why Seattle was able to go to two out of three Super Bowls when Russ was on his rookie deals because he was making like $800,000 a year. Like that's a way to build a team. Mm-hmm. It is crazy to think about that, right? Like your your quarterback and running back, if if either of those guys are getting paid, I don't know the last time a team has won the Super Bowl with those types of positions getting the majority of your salary cap. So no team has ever won a Super Bowl with their quarterback accounting for more than, I think it's like 15% of the salary cap. Isn't that such a double-edged sword? Because you want to you want to keep a guy that's going to keep you competitive, but you need to find you a guy who doesn't care about money. And we've yeah. talked about this like three or four times. Yeah, pick your poison. Because once, well, once a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, they're going to get paid. Look at Joe Flacco, perfect example. Yep, Matt Ryan. Matt another Ryan, one. another good one. Well, I guess he didn't win a Super Bowl. Got but. there though. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Got there but didn't win it. Jared Goff got there but didn't win. All these guys that get there get paid and then they're never going to go back because their salary is just too high. So, yeah. But a necessary evil. You got to be competitive or, or like you have to have a good guy competitive at the quarterback position. And I think if most franchises were being honest, they would trade having a superstar quarterback and being competitive and never winning a Super Bowl over winning a Super Bowl every eight years and drafting a new guy every three to five years. I would agree with you there. Because they're getting more ticket sales, more playoff games, more TV revenue, more, more job tickets sec- sold. Job security Jersey too. sold. Yes. All of the above. Like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be, what, a... 17 like math is not easy for me so i was trying to think of like what combination of like record you could be right like you go 10 and 7 11 and 6 every year you get a home playoff game like that's what the packers care about they want that extra home game in the playoffs all that extra revenue and if they win one great if they don't we're probably in the playoffs again next year yep um, all right, back to the um, Cowboys. Uh, another kind of superstar young guy in defense, they have Trevon Diggs. Saw some interesting stats on him today, though. Uh, he has 11 interceptions, which is a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. He's also, in back-to-back years, given up the most yards by a corner. So he's kind of a home runner miss type corner where, like even today against the Cardinals, A.J. Green, quick little double move. Diggs was sitting on that going for the pick and got burned almost for a touchdown. So it's like Diggs is just sitting there waiting. He's a ball hawk. He wants the picks. I think that's how you get 11 interceptions. Yeah, you take chances. It's 11, right? Yep. Um, You're probably also getting attacked as well right like if you're i don't know the top cornerback i can't i can't think of a name at the moment but any top cornerback who shuts down a side of the field well yeah you're not getting thrown to 
Like nobody's throwing to that side of the field. You might have three, four picks in a year because your wide receivers aren't being targeted. Trevon Diggs, I, I, I actually did just like a little bit of research on him before we started this as well. Um, he's one of the most targeted cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, the quarterbacks know they can get him, but he's also gotten them 11 times, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I expect Dallas is probably going to have some coaching turnovers. We mentioned earlier, Kellen Moore is likely to be a head coach somewhere, so he'll be gone. That'll be interesting to see how that plays off. Uh, the Cowboys have, are $11 million over the cap next year as well. Most of that being with uh, Dak Prescott taking that big jump in pay, but other players as well. So they're going to have some financial gymnastics. A guy that they could look to resign, Connor Williams is a guard. They're currently third in the league in offensive line spending for next year. I think that's going to continue. you got to keep your investments on their feet. Mm-hmm. And Dallas loves to run the football. That goes back to Emmett Smith. I mean, they just love to run the football, so you need to pay the big guys. And they might have like a little bit of a running bat, like a 1A, 1B. Oh, with Pollard and, yeah, uh, <laughs> Meat Locker. I wasn't going to include this, but since you brought it up, he said that Pollard's better than Zeke. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Zeke, so... Well, they're different styles. Yep. So he... Zeke does, I will say, he does look like he's just like a quarter of a step slower than he was. I know he's dealing with like a nagging knee injury. Yeah, he's got Um, that brace on his left knee. So I get that. And also it's regular season, so I don't know, like maybe you're not not going 100%. But regardless... uh, I think there might be some validity to that. It is Tony Pollard a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott when both are healthy. I disagree with that, but both are very talented. Tony Pollard is probably, if not definitely the best backup running back in the NFL. Hmm. No, I don't think so. Oh, who do you got? Uh, I think there's a handful. Kareem Hunt. Hmm. Um, I guess it depends on your definition of backup. I think that A.J. Dillon. Um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. 1A, 1B combo is good. I think Nick Chubb I'll, and Kareem Hunt are probably the best. I'll I'll actually even back my own statement up. Alexander Madison. Yeah. Minnesota. The, the, it blows my mind that when Delvin Cook is healthy, that they don't split carries more. It is. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, even if you're still getting Cook 20 touches a game, you're you're telling me with how good Madison is, you're not going to give him 10 to 15 touches a game? And especially considering Delvin Cook is made of glass. Well, and why wouldn't you want to keep him healthy throughout the year? Yeah. (sighs) Mind-blowing. Uh, who else? I think there's some good ones. I, I agree, though. The Pollard, I mean, the guy's electric. Yeah. He can he can bust off an 80-yard run. He'd know. be a starting running back at a lot, For a lot of, of teams. Yes. For a lot of teams. You know, Zeke, he just isn't that back. I mean, he's 225. He's a bigger back. He's not that guy. <laughs> not that guy. Um, 
I don't know. I think if you're starting a franchise, you're taking Ezekiel Elliott over Tony Pollard. And Zeke's only 26. Depends what your what your salary cap numbers look like, right? Well, that's true. All right. But, you know, you continue to pay that offensive line, it's going to make both those guys' jobs easier. Any thoughts? Any other thoughts on the Cowboys? What do you think about Vander Esch going into a contract year this year? Yeah, uh, that was another one of Meat's takes. He's he's a little worried about the neck injuries he's had in the past, and they got um, burned. Was it uh, Sean Lee? Is that the Cowboy running back? Meat's probably pulling his hair because I can't remember what he told me. The running back or the linebacker? Linebacker. Um, Stud linebacker, and then later in his career had all those injuries. I think it was, I think it was Sean Lee. I can't think of his name either. It's in Meats notes. The, the Cowboys are, they kind of remind me of like a like the longest yard. <laughs> like because they're, they're all criminals. Kind, that, those were the '90s Cowboys, Mike, not the 2000s <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> um. But even so, like you think about like who who is the guy that ended up he's like fighting in the UFC now? Greg Hardy. That guy. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott's got got some But Greg Hardy was a legit criminal. I mean he threw his girlfriend on a pile of guns or something like that. Onto a pile of guns? I, mean, I guess I just have a lot of domestic questions. assault. Yeah. I just have a lot of I mean, I guess better I, I yeah, I guess I don't know. Like do you throw the a pile of guns at I'll um, just stop right there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a piece of shit. And the best part is about Greg Hart is he's not that good of a UFC fighter. So, like, when he gets knocked out, which has happened a few times, the crowd goes nuts. nuts. Yeah. He got, like, the sweethardest deal in the UFC. He, like, keeps getting pay-per-views. Like, he must have just signed something when he signed with them. Like, yeah, I get, like, five automatic pay-per-views because, like, He's not that good. It's, I mean, it's the name, and it's a former NFL player. So then you think, oh, this guy's huge. Just I wonder, like, see what fight Dana White was doing. Like, this guy's a clearly pos. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe he, Dana was like, "I'm just gonna feed you the top heavyweights, and you're just gonna get your ass kicked." Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Probably, and like, you can't play football anymore. So, what's the next best thing I can do to still make money? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a guy that comes to mind when I think about like the Cowboys. Elliot had some domestic stuff going on. Um, I guess only two that I can think of. Yeah, they're not like the '90s Cowboys who were all hopped up on cocaine. Uh, who wasn't in the '90s? Am I right? I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> I was only you know six, but I wasn't. Uh yeah, Sean Lee. Anyway. Nice, dude. There you go, meat. You can stop pulling on your hair. Mm-hmm. What's left of it? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the Cowboys? Nope. All right, let's move to Philly. Um, ninth in points scored. That shocked me. I mean, well, when you play the Giants twice. Yeah, but that's it. Dallas has a good defense, and Washington has a good defense. Like, even though Washington's bad team, they have a good defense. Sure, you can beat up on the Giants for two games, but that shocked me. I would not have picked 
Philadelphia as a top 10 offense. In points scored? No. Yeah. No, I would not either. 12th in points against. PFF has them 7th overall, 7th on offense, 13th on defense. It's ridiculous. I agree, but it's not that far from their what their actual numbers show. They've now won four in a row, which may be five in a row after today. I can't remember when I did the notes on this. It gets better if you're an Eagles fan. They have three first-round picks next year. 15th from Miami in the Waddle trade. 20th from Indianapolis uh, with the Carson Wentz trade, and then their own pick is the 21st pick right now. Um. Meatstick thinks that um, this would be a good spot for Deshaun Watson to end up if he's cleared with all of his, which I don't necessarily disagree with that. I'm going to take it one step further. I think this would be a good landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Can you elaborate on that? I think it's a spot that he wouldn't mind going. They're not in a complete rebuild. They're a competitive team. And I think if you're the Packers, if you can get three first-round picks for him, why not do it all in one year? You would have four first-round picks this year to rebuild your team post-Aaron Rodgers. From that perspective, uh, you make it sound very... Compelling? Yeah. like I, I, I mean, it's a great... That would be a great deal. To I think for both teams. And and the best part is if you're the Eagles, you just kind of rip the Band-Aid off. Like you're not trading all these future assets. Like next year you still have your first-round pick. And, and I don't think that Rodgers would mind going to Philly. It's better like... Who knows what that guy freaking wants. Well, that's true. But but no, agree. From from like a money, like paper standpoint, just on paper, um, of course we're sitting here as Packer fans. Uh It'd be great, right? Like you want to get something for Rodgers, and it seems like they're one of those teams that that has a lot of draft capital to offer. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see if they decide to go after a quarterback, whether it's Rodgers or Watson or someone else. So you think Hertz is not the guy? You know... He's I like a great year. I like Hertz for one reason, and I mentioned this when we were talking about the Cowboys. He only accounts for .73 of the cal- salary cap for next year, and they still have two years left on that deal. I think for the price, the Eagles hit a jackpot with him, and I think he can be good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, do they take one of these three? If they don't trade for somebody, do they take one of these picks and draft a quarterback to start grooming behind Hertz? Maybe probably not a bad you know solution but man for a guy who's going to make like a million dollars next year you can't beat the price point of a starting quarterback and there's a lot worse quarterbacks than him he was drafted in the second round yeah wow well if you if you remember in that uh championship run that uh alabama had he got benched for tua in the championship game. Do you remember this? Yeah. I mean, Kill, now that you're saying it, yes. Killed his draft stock. 
Like people are going, he's not even the best quarterback at Alabama. Didn't he enter the portal? And he went to Oklahoma? Oklahoma for a year? Yeah. Interesting. It so wow. I don't want to get off topic. I was gonna ask who you'd rather want at quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Two R Hurts. Hurts all day. One hundred percent hurts. It's a toss up today. Um they're both good quarterbacks. Yeah. Slightly above average. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And for what Philly's paying him, even better. No, agree. And like maybe honestly, you turn that into more draft capital, right? Like maybe you do bring in Rodgers, you trade Hurts, who's shown you something, and you still get picks. I'll do you one better though. You 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 draft somebody. You leave Hurts as the starter because he's going to win you. He's already shown you he can win you nine, ten games. You let your young guy learn. And then you know what? You can either, if your young guy surpasses Jalen Hurts, you can either keep Hurts as a backup because he's still cheap as hell, or then you're right, you flip him and get some draft capital for him. It sounds like we we need to apply for some GM positions in Philly. Oh, I mean, you and I obviously could do better than everybody else who's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask. Uh, yeah. Um, what else you got on Philly? So I got a couple of guys they should bring back. I do want to go back to the dead cap thing. So I mentioned opening remarks on Philly. I was surprised at how well they're doing. They have $62 million in dead money in 2021. You could probably guess who the main culprit is. Who's accounting for half of that money? I mean, I'm cheating and I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah, it's Carson Wentz. Yep. $33.8 million. He is the number one worst dead cap hit in NFL history. Do you know who number two is? I do not. Jared Goff. Oh. The Rams had $22.2 million. We talked about this. Ironically, they were picks number one and number two in the 2016 NFL draft. <laughs> they came out the same year? Yep. Carson Wentz went one. Jared Goff went two. Both the Rams and the Eagles said, mm, yeah. we're, you're good enough that we're going to pay you a lot of money and we're going to extend you, but we're you're not good enough that we want to keep you around through that extension, so we're going to trade you. We're good. Uh, and good that they found homes for both of those guys, right? Because Wentz kind of went through a case of the case of the yip. Like, he was a broken dude. Well, and Wentz, I think, found a good home in Indy. He doesn't have to be the guy. They have that awesome running attack down there. Um, great offensive line. Great offensive line, and he's doing enough, right? And, and the fan base is so much nicer, nicer than Philly, which <laughs> Philly. <laughs> I stop talking about Philly. Uh-huh. Uh, Jared Goff hasn't had the same experience in Detroit. No. Um, and his career may be coming to an end, or at least – at that level, right? I mean, he might be like Mitch Trubisky where... He'll be a backup Backup somewhere, somewhere yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's that. The dead cap thing is kind of incredible, which is why I'm so surprised Philadelphia has been able to be as competitive as they have. I mean, it's like... 
giving every team a hundred dollars and then telling the Eagles they can only spend seventy cents, <laughs> and they're still competitive. It's incredible. A lot of value um, in some of their players. Well, it helps that they were able to draft Hurts in the second round for that exact reason. Um, okay, a couple guys that I think they should bring back. My first one, I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey. Is that a one-year deal? Yeah, he's 34. He might think about being thinking about retiring, but he's the heart and soul of that team. He's a huge in the community. The city of Philadelphia loves him. I think just from like a morale standpoint, and, and he can still play. I, I I think that's someone they should bring back. Thirty-four. Yeah, he's getting up there. He could be. He could be looking at retiring. I don't know how much. I mean, offensive line. You're just taking a beating. And now you add that extra game playoffs. Like, oh, do you really want to go through that again? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The other guy, Anthony Harris, former Viking. Um. Spot tracks got his. Um average annual value market value at 14 million that would make him like the third highest free safety so look for him to be coming back they got they don't have a ton of cap space next year even with Jalen Hurts um 13 million next year in cap space so that's what I had on the Eagles interesting what do you do I did not know this uh do you know Garner Minshew is on the roster. He's on the Eagles. Uh huh. Did he have a stop first? Because the Jaguars traded him for like a sixth round pick. Did they? Did the were the Eagles the one who traded for him? They, they must have. Must I don't have know. Picked him up as a backup to yeah. Jaylen. Spot Spot Tracks got him here. I'm going to transactions just to make sure that we don't give you guys any false information here. Yeah, traded to Philly from Jacksonville for 2020. Nice memory, bro. Six-round pick. I knew he was a six-round pick. Which, God, Jacksonville's got to be kicking themselves. Yeah. Like, just to have him there to play and let Trevor get his feet underneath him. Right. Especially the year that they've had. Enough about Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what do you do at – so for Philly, what – what are you doing at running back? You got a couple guys here. Miles Sanders, who's been on the on the roster for for a number of years and who was supposed to be the guy. Uh for those listening, I'm sure the people in Philly, you guys know he went he's a Penn State product. Um he was Saquon Barkley's teammate at Penn State. Um talented people compared the two obviously Saquon being being the better player of the two but Miles Sanders shows flashes at times and then like he's either hurt or like doesn't show up and there's a lot of hype around him his backups this year uh Kenneth Gainwell is on the roster he's had a couple good games um Boston Scott Who's who the fuck is that guy? Uh, that guy's had a couple of good games stepping in the resurgence of like, I shouldn't say resurgence. Jordan Howard is on the roster. I'm not saying to keep Jordan Howard. Um, Do you remember Corey Clement? Badgers ooh, running bad, back used to be with. 
Yeah. He was returning kicks today for um, the Cowboys. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize he was still playing. I think there's some question marks at at running back and what you do at running back on this team considering uh, some of the backups and how they've played and Miles, Miles Sanders is under contract until 2023, but I think that's his rookie deal and he's going into, I know it's his rookie deal, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, typically running backs want to sign that deal is it the year before, or do they play out that full? It's like he's going yeah. in. So you can't, as a rookie, you can't, um, you can't renegotiate your deal until after your third season. Now, most teams aren't going to renegotiate with you um, before then, and he was a second-round pick, so he's got a he's got a four-year deal. So that's through next year. So he's only got one more year on it, and then he'll be eligible for an extension. I mean, I guess technically after this year he'd be eligible for an extension, but I can't imagine the Eagles are going to extend him. No. So he's got another year, and they'll see where he's at Yeah, next I think, year. I think those those maybe are some question marks. Otherwise, um, they need to turn over that offensive line. I think that offensive line needs to get younger. I think you'll see them pick a couple offensive linemen with their picks, assuming they hang on to them. And, you know, Philly, they like their defense, too. I wouldn't be surprised to see them just continue to add on defense. Philly just kind of reminds me like that mean, old-school football team Mm -hmm. who just loves, like, winning games 16 to 13. Oh, man, and it's just like a battle in the trenches. Yeah, the wet, snowy, playing at the link. Yep. Cold, like yep, uh, like Steelers curtain comes yeah. to mind. Yeah, the steel curtain. All right, cool. Anything uh, else on Philly? No. Let's. Uh, should we talk about the football team? Yeah, let's start here. Remember that old workplace lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> Where is that at? Oh man, and and for those that don't know, do you want to? Yeah. So uh, the NFL was going to do an investigation into the Washington football team over complaints of, I don't know how they classified it, workplace complaints or misconduct. misconduct. Basically looking at whether or not Dan Snyder as an owner was was abusing his power, what was the state of the workforce. This was in the summer. Then everything was just kind of being swept under the rug and then the John Gruden emails came out and everybody was like, oh yeah, I f- kind of forgot about that. And now I'm just like super curious at what the NFL is going to do with this. Yeah. I mean, they collected over 650,000 emails into this and you can't tell me that John Gruden was the only one who had some skeletons in that closet. He's just group emailing a distribution list to himself. Like, I have a hard time believing he's CCing himself, sending all of those emails, um, and nobody's replying. Right. Well, and remember, that wasn't even the scope of the investigation. No, yeah. What were they looking at? They were looking at conduct within the Washington football team. I don't know if I can get into the specifics here, but basically trying to figure out if Dan Snyder was 
like appropriately like dealing with subordinates and i think some of it i think it, some of it had to do with like a gender issue like was he treating female employees mm. a certain way if you catch my drift there mm-hmm. um there's been several complaints against management at this team and it's just kind of interesting that's still out there so we'll see where that goes when there's uh where there's smoke usually there's fire yeah all right. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, too, so we can move on from that. But I just eh, want to keep that up every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. see where that ends up. <laughs> That'll probably get dropped on like a Friday afternoon, like in May, when nobody's paying attention to. And like storylines are real thin. Well, and like, what's the NFL going to do? Dan Snyder is the NFL's boss, he's one of 32 bosses. So. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. good luck. And he's like a hard like hard-nosed owner too like opposed changing the name and then <laughs> yeah. like finally gave in which you know the name thing i was kind of team snyder for that one specific thing just because like i know people were like oh it's insensitive but like when you think of picking a name for your team it's to show a symbol of strength or like it's not to be politically correct well yeah or to like be like make fun of something uh, who knows now you want to look at this organization they can't even come up with a team name it's been two years yep like what like what are you waiting for here you're the football team <laughs> uh, wft man wft unreal well uh let's Talk about the football team and actually talk about football. They're 24th in points scored, 30th in points against, 22nd overall, and uh, according to PFF, 21st offensive and 24th defensive. So they're just kind of mediocre to bad across the board. They've lost four in a row, which is good for them. That's better than being in football purgatory. They now hold the number ninth pick. I'm a big superstition guy. You know this about me. Got another curse for you. Mm-hmm. We had the Pat Mahomes curse. Kirk Cousins curse. Okay. So this team. So Kirk Cousins used to play for. The Washington football, football team. Yep. Back then it was actually the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. If you remember, they drafted RG3 with the, I believe, first overall pick. I believe they traded up to get him, if this old brain's working correctly. Was Andrew Luck in that draft class? I believe so. Was he the top pick? Um, so I think the Redskins gave like the house up to trade up for RG3. Three first-round picks and a second-round pick to the Rams to move up four spots. That's absurd. Wow. You want to hear the best part about that? When the Rams played the Redskins, they made all of those players with those draft picks captains. That's amazing. (laughs) Such a great petty football move. What a troll job there. Um, But in the – so think about this, though. You spend all of that draft capital to get RG3, but you can't even – like accept him enough where you draft another quarterback in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And then that f- that fourth round pick ends up playing better than your first round pick. 
(laughs) (laughs) On top of it, they couldn't even re-sign him. They franchise franchise tag Kirk Cousins twice and then let him walk in free agency. Mm -hmm. Like you finally have your franchise quarterback. And I don't care what you think about Kirk Cousins. He's a top half quarterback. Actually, probably top 10. I mean, probably fringe. He's formidable, yeah. But your franchise guy, if you're the Washington football team. For some, yeah. I mean, yes, if you're... Especially when you go back to 2018. If you're sitting in D.C. right now, you wish you had Kirk Cousins, yes. 100%. Well, maybe. I, I, I do have some questions about Tyler Heineke. Okay, well, let's run through... The quarterbacks who have started at least one football game for the Washington football team since Kirk Cousins left. Are you ready for this list? Mm-hmm. It's pretty lengthy. <sighs> Alex Smith, Josh Johnson, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Tyler Tyler, <laughs> Taylor Heineke, easy for me to say, Ryan Fitzmagic, and Garrett Gilbert. Woof. Since 2018. Woof. Yeah. Washington would take Kirk Cousins Kirk back Cousins in, a in a heartbeat. So I think there's now a new curse in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it is the curse of Kirk Cousins <laughs> because they couldn't re-sign him. They just butchered that whole thing to like not even like come to the table and just franchise tag him twice. Now it takes two to tango. I don't know what Kirk was asking for. When he went to Minnesota, he got a three-year, $85 million fully guaranteed deal. I think at the time he was the first ever player to have a fully guaranteed contract of that amount. There was something special about his contract, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers never had a fully guaranteed deal. Tom Brady's never had a fully guaranteed deal. Like Kirk Cousins, no matter what happens, next year he's still owed – a lot of money. Whatever that breaks down yeah. to, yeah. Wild. And if you think about it, his two franchise tags were fully guaranteed. He's been fully guaranteed the last five years. I mean, genius for him. And whoever his agent is needs a raise. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything more before I ask you about your opinion on Heineke? You're going to ask me about Heineke. Yeah. What, I mean, he's done some things to prove himself here, right? Like, did not know that he was going to be the guy at the beginning of the season. Stepped in and, I mean, it's not his team, but I think that there's a discussion there today. I mean, they've they've lost four in a row. So, you, so you're saying there's not a discussion there? No, they need to find their next guy. Is he a backup? Sure. Why not? It's cheap. He's not your future franchise quarterback. I'm I I'm I'm not alluding to that at all. I'm just I want your take on it cuz I mean, he has stepped in and won games for him. It mind you it I mean, it's the NFC East. Yeah. Let's let's not forget that, but he did step in and win some games. So I, I was I was just curious. Yeah, they need a new quarterback. You bring uh, Fitzmagic back? He's got to retire, right? He's 39. Yeah, I'm like, dude, hang it up, man. You want to guess his career earnings? 
because I, I, I have them here. Oh, man. 90 mil. Dang, that's a good guess. But according to Price the Right rules, you lose. Dang it. $82 million over 17 years. Talk about a guy. I that, think he's played for all 32 NFL teams. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> and like he's about to do his second lap. <laughs> like, talk about a guy who's uh, like, can we just agree? He's not worth that. Yeah, I mean, over 20 years, essentially. Okay, maybe. Yeah. That's less than, I mean, God, He's played for 20 years? Well, 17. 39. Yale guy, or Harvard. 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 Hey, how d- do we row or do they crew? No, they crew. They crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, that... That's a little surprising. I would have guessed. Um, he was drafted in 2005. Oh, well. <laughs> Nothing like that to make you feel old, huh? Um, all right. Anything yeah. else on the quarterback situation? Um, no, I agree with you. I mean, Taylor Heineke has done, I think, a decent job stepping in. Um, is he the guy? Uh-uh. Um, yeah, nothing else on the quarterback there. Okay. I have a couple of other questionable decisions that the Redskins football team, Washington football <laughs> team has made. Uh-huh. I think it might be three more years before I correct that. But, I mean, they're the Redskins. I give like broadcast announcers all the credit in the world. I would drop Redskins, excuse me, the R word, six times a game. Yep. I just wouldn't be able to help myself. Like you'd you'd be the like cartoon character that gets the cane. Yes. And, like you get pulled off stage. I need like a shot collar. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would just call him Washington. They, they'd put like a piece of paper on a window and be Do like, "Do not say the, the R word." Yeah, the Washington football team. Yeah, first down Redskins. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, Brandon Scherf, guard. Brandon is unique in the sense that he got a also had a second franchise tag from the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. So he had one in 20 and he got one again in 2021. So he's making $18 million this year, fully guaranteed. I went back and looked at his snap totals. He's only played in 57% of snaps this year. Last year was 78%. The year before was 68%. And the year before that was 49%. (laughs) What is Washington doing franchise tagging this guy? Not once, but twice. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The guy's a hell of a player when he's healthy. But he's not healthy. But he's not healthy, and he hasn't been since 2017. He's a guard. And he's a guard. Like, why are you paying a guard $18 million? And why are you paying a guard who, you know, has only played in combined maybe 60% of the snaps over the last four years. Yeah, what? I don't know anything about him. Um, I think offensive line. Iowa grad. Hmm. I mean, he's, like I said, when he's healthy, he's probably the best guard in football. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. I don't know. Questionable. Another questionable signing. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, three for 34 for a guy of Curtis Samuel, probably not that bad. But when you're the Washington football team and you got other areas you need, what are you doing? 
like when you sign Fitzmagic to a one-year, $10 million deal, what are you doing going out and getting wide receivers in free agency? Like, don't you have some other fish to fry? And then on top of it, he gets hurt. This year he's got six catches for 27 yards. He's making 11 mil this year. I mean, so Ron, Ron Rivera is the head coach. Yep, Riverboat Ron. Um, <laughs> he came from Carolina Panthers. Correct. Um, I think he liked Curtis Samuel. Like, do yeah, you think maybe. he he had like a say in that? Because didn't he and, bring Kyle Allen? And it, and it, yes, and again, um, like nothing against Curtis Samuel. He was having he had some good seasons with the Panthers. And for eleven, ten, eleven million dollars a year, not that bad of a contract. I just I I hate when teams like this go after flashy wide receivers. We're gonna get into the Giants next. They were even more egregious in what they did with Kenny Galladay. But like <laughs> you got yeah. some other things you need to focus on, a la the guy actually throwing him the football. I mean, in their defense it was supposed to be Fitz magic. Well, and and Samuel got hurt, so yeah, he's who, had a nagging, yeah, well, grown injury. I think he only played one or two games, so who knows what it would have been like if he was fully healthy. But who else he got? That's all I got for Washington. Cool. Yeah, I don't. I I don't have anything else. Um, Terry McLaren gonna get paid. Yep. Yes, sir. Chase Young, whenever he's up, going to get paid. He's hurt. Doesn't matter. He's still going to get paid. Yeah, the guy's I'm, a monster. I mean, yeah. Insane talent. Um, Specimen. Yeah. That I mean, the team huge. has potential here. I'm even looking at like other players on this team. Landon Collins. Hurt. <laughs> and they're spending a lot of money on guards, dude. Well, when you franchise take one or twice, you tend Eric, to do that. Eric Flowers, three years, 30 mil. Brandon Scherf, you mentioned one year, 18 mil. Wes Schweitzer. That's uh, not a bad contract, but still three years, 13, 13 and a half million. Hmm. Well, you need to pay your third guard a lot of money when your first guard's hurt. Just... Just goes to show, like, there's there's some weird things going on at the Washington football team front office. It could always be worse. It could. It could always be worse. You could be... A Jacksonville the, Jaguar fan. There we go. Yeah, I was I I was gonna go to Detroit, but I think I think Detroit's up there too. Yeah, they they've they've put their time in being a paper bag over their faces. Um, Jacksonville was a better play there. <sighs> Shall we? Last team. The Giants. Giants. The New York Football Giants. They are bad. Tied for thirtieth in points scored. Twenty first in points against. PFF's got them 29th overall, 30th on offense, 26th on defense. The one bright spot um, that you could say if you're a Giants fan is they own currently the 4th and 8th picks. Hmm. So you got two picks in the top 10. Um, one of those picks belong to the Chicago Bears in the Justin Fields deal. Um, I saw a recent report 
that both Daniel Jones and Joe Judge will both be back next year. So they're rolling the dice one more time to see if those two can lead this franchise to the promised land. <laughs> um, which, okay. Yeah, maybe. Why not? If you're Joe Judge, would you want to be tied to Daniel Jones? I mean, does anyone want to be tied to Daniel Jones? <laughs> and if you're Daniel Jones, you're thinking, wait a minute, do I want to be tied to Joe to, Judge? Yeah, right. Because they're probably both going to go down together. Like, what is Gettleman doing? In New so, uh, Meat Locker segment, not a fan of Dave Gettleman. Uh, please elaborate. Well, um, so I went through <laughs> and did a little good Gettleman, bad Gettleman. I love it. Good. He traded OBJ for Jabril Preppers, Zeitler, and a first. Mm. Good pick. Yeah. And maybe some pettiness there to... Yeah, he set. got rid of OBJ. And and to go to Cleveland to maybe die. <laughs> maybe. Career-wise. Yeah, now he's in L.A. And, you know... Good yeah, team. Might, might win a Super So Bowl. that was good. Bad Gettleman. He used that first round pick and picked Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I like this segment. <laughs> Is there more? Oh, yeah. Nice. Good Gettleman. Saquon Barkley. Bad Gettleman. Picking him second overall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad Gettleman. Mm, second, I mean... You could have picked Josh Allen. Yeah. So you passed on quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, Saquon came out as like a generational talent. And he was for the first year. His rookie year, he was a monster. He was a monster. Before his ACL tear. Yep. Uh, bad Gettleman. Kenny Galladay, four years, $72 million. So it goes back to my point about wide receiver not being a huge need not to mention in 2020 Galladay played only in five games in Detroit he had 338 yards and two touchdowns why are you paying him 18 million dollars a year furthermore he's played in 12 games this year in New York he's got 500 yards receiving he's 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 got zero touchdowns Zero. Yeah, that's. I mean, how much of that is Kenny Galladay? How much of that is Daniel, Daniel Jones? Jones? And how much of that is that offensive line? All fair points. Goes back to my point that I made about Curtis Samuel and the Giants. What are you doing paying a wide receiver $18 million a year when you very clearly have other holes on that team? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so... That concludes my good Gettleman, bad Gettleman segment. There needs to be more of that. That was that was electric. I love that. <laughs> Unfortunately, not all franchises have that dichotomy of good and bad decision making. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm seeing some names here that 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 stick out to me. But I'll let you talk about. Um, well, the only th- thing I had. Also on the Giants because the computer was giving me fits on their salary cap information when I was preparing for this is Saquon. 
Um, so he he had his fifth year option picked up last year. It's a modest amount. They're going to pay him seven point two million dollars next year. That's not bad for Saquon. That's if you phenomenal. can get old Saquon, that's a steal, right? So here's what I would do if I was in the Giants front office with Saquon Barkley. Obviously, they got the fifth year option. If he returns to any sort of normal, you franchise tag him in 2023. Right now, that amount's probably going to be about $12.5 million. And then you move on in 2024. If he gets back to anywhere where he was in the past, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara money, $15, $16 million a year. He's already got some wear and tear. He hasn't proven he can stay real healthy since then. That's what I would do if I were them. But he's got to get back to the old Saquon to even make that a possibility. And they are tied to him for at least this year and next year. He's a tough, tough call because his rookie year, he was a freak. I mean, the talent is there, right? Like, it's it's not for a lack of talent. Um, so I agree with you. I think part of that also hinges on some of the line play and like quarterback play, right? Like, I I mean, we talked about this off air, but like Saquon Barkley, when in his rookie year, like if you have a if you have a quarterback that can keep just the defense just honest, be decent, yes, yeah, like he's running against like stacked boxes, like yeah, like I don't care who you are, it's gonna be tough to move the ball when you're running with ten dudes in the box. Yeah, well, and like you said, the offensive line hasn't been great to begin with, and that hurts everything. That hurts your young quarterback, who I can't imagine his confidence is sky high right now. No. Um, and it hurts your running game, and then if your running game hurts, it hurts your quarterback because you know now they're pinning their ears back. So yeah, I agree. That's why you don't spend $72 million on a wide receiver. One bright side at wide receiver, though. Tony. Kadarius Tony. He's a monster. But again. I mean, you're you only can, as you, good you, as the yeah. dude that can get you the football. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and that's my word to the wise and wide receivers. <laughs> uh, like, be careful where you go in free agency. I think about this a lot in the terms of Greg Jennings when he left Green Bay. You remember he had that terrible split with Green Bay. They weren't mm-hmm. paying him what he was worth. I think he went, went to, to Minnesota. He, uh, or did he have a stop? He first? had a stop, didn't he? He went to the Dolphins. Mm, that sounds right. Was that before or after his stop in Minnesota? I'm not sure. Well, whenever he went down to Miami, his career kind of took a break because... There was nobody there that could get him the football at the time. So, I'm Googling. Yeah. I love when yeah. you type in Greg Jennings in Google. The second I already one. know. <laughs> Greg the, Jennings' broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> With a broken fucking leg. <laughs> Put the team on his back. <laughs> oh, man. For those of you that don't know the video, um, highly recommend watching it it's so it's one of i mean speaking of madden yeah um went to minnesota for a couple of years right after the packers probably to spite them and then finished his career in miami yeah by the time he got to miami maybe it was age but i also don't think they had a quarterback 
and you know his career kind of came to a screeching a f- halt finale there yeah weird weird when you don't have a dude that can that can get you the ball um in between the numbers at will was he in Minnesota the same time as Brett Favre 2012-2013 is what the internet said. Mm, that had to be after Favre. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, anything else on the New York football giants? I don't have anything else. All right. Well, in honor... After Favre, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. In honor of Antonio Brown's aforementioned meltdown today, we are going to do a top five NFL meltdowns. (coughs) Coaches and players. Around the table. And there's some good ones. So who wants to go first? Who went first last week? I think you did. Yeah. You want to lead it off? I do. (laughs) I could tell this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. I have a weird one to start, though. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, just after playing his second NFL season, wrote an autobiography called Throw Me the Damn Ball. So I what? <laughs> yes. Throw me the da- so he was was he a Carolina Panther at this time, right? Uh yes, cuz that's who he was drafted with. <laughs> um uh, I I got I, I wait, hold on. I need to correct that. I need to get the title right. Get me the damn ball. Just give me the damn ball. Oh, I love it. The fast times and hard knocks of an NFL rookie. Was it a successful autobiography? I don't know. I mean, I want to buy it now. 2.8 out of 5 on Goodreads. Mm. 4.5 out of 5 on Thrift Books. Interesting. I love Amazon's <laughs> description. No, this was when he's with the Jets. Excuse me. This is, <laughs> this is a quote from Google Books. Well, son, I guess we have to just go to the bank. That's what Leon Hess told me the day that Jets drafted me as the number one player in the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, love the confidence. Oh, my God. Just get me the damn ball. Just give me the damn ball. Uh, so I don't know if that classifies as a meltdown, but, like, it's, uh, it's very fitting. Yes. Like, after your rookie year, you're, like, one or two years in the league, and you just write an autobiography. Uh, Give fitting, me the damn ball. Fitting for wide receiver divas in general. Like he fits right in. Yeah, I mean, all these guys, you got to have an ego to think you're the best, right? But writing. <laughs> I also want to know how much of the book did he actually write? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, probably a lot of like telling people about his experiences and then like formulating that into um, book-appropriate content. (laughs) Just reading an ESPN article on it. Gold. 
Gold. The Amazon description. Gold. Keyshawn Johnson's memoir is a chronicle of one man's journey to understand himself. Sold. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, um, well, then there was, uh, I guess he brought up race in the book. Remember Wayne Corbett? Remember that name? Nope. White wide receiver for the Jets. Apparently they had lockers next to each other. <laughs> Made it awkward. Did they hate each other? Um, well, I guess, I don't know. I'm skimming this, so I should be careful what I'm getting at. But I guess Parcells put them next to each other to make them friends after Johnson's book. Oh, just give me the damn ball. Hilarious. That's too good. All right. What's your number five? Uh, my number five is <laughs> Herm Edwards. Yes. Great one. You play to win the game. Uh, I I don't have anything to say about it. Uh, a lot of, like, even when I was doing research, lots of coaches with the coaching meltdowns. Yes. Um, so I tried to rank those the best that I could. Um, and that, I mean, meltdown, yes. Like, you were a little extra, like, to the media. But you're passionate, right? There's a lot of fire, a lot of passion coming from Herm Edwards. Um, you play to win the game. He should have played to win the game on last week when the Badgers beat him in the bowl game. Right. Um, do I snake this? Yep. Number four. I mean, it's Antonio Brown. And like insert any meltdown that Antonio Brown had. Um, There's a couple. It's him walking off of the field today after Mike Evans trying to talk him down and still we don't know um my ab meltdown was his entire stint in oakland so coming in and this was i mean hard knocks was there so like you got you got cameras rolling the guys coming in late to meetings john gruden is the he's the brand new coach there so he's trying to prove himself um, just wild. And then there's a video of him on hard knocks, like the last episode, getting a phone call from his agent saying he's going to be released or he's being released. And then like, he's running in like slides in his backyard, <laughs> like yelling, I'm free. So a couple of things about his stint in Oakland. Do you remember the cryo, cryo? Geez, I can't talk. Cryotherapy. Cryotherapy. Yes. Forgot to put the socks on, so he had frostbite. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Forgot to put the socks on. Well, if you're a wide receiver, getting frostbite on your feet probably not the best decision. Like, what are you doing, bro? The running around saying I'm I'm free thing makes it seem like to all the conspiracy theorists out there that this was collusion to get to New England. Uh-huh. Although his stint in New England lasted even shorter than his yeah, well, stint in Oakland. Un, I mean, somewhat unrelated, right? Like he had the whole somewhat. Like, massage like trainer thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Which Sen- those stories. a trend in the NFL here. <laughs> Stay out of the massage parlors if you're in the NFL. Oh, man. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so 
AB in Oakland, just in general. What a cluster. What's your number four, Alex? I'm going to go Jim Mora. Playoffs. <laughs> Talk about playoffs? Talking about playoffs. If for no other reason, then that's like, like any time anybody asks you like about your fantasy team, like you're coaching your son's grade school team, like, oh, you guys got a good team? You're going to make the playoffs? Like that's just the immediate response. Perfect insert. Yes. Like that one liner. Every most people know what you're talking about. Yeah. And who Everyone. it came from. So playoffs. Jim Mora. Playoffs. And you were actually listening to that video. Uh he had a couple this. good ones. I don't want to spoil my list though. Mm-hmm. So we'll because <laughs> there was one that I didn't even remember that is gold. I love it. Number three. I too am gonna go Antonio Brown. But I'm gonna go with today's meltdown as his top one. Just for the mere fact that he stripped on the sideline. Quit. I'm done. I don't think it was warm in New York today. Can't imagine it would be. So then, like, just to, like, get down to your shirt. Actually, you're not even wearing a shirt. Mm -hmm. Just, you know. Had, like, a killer warm-up, I bet. Was, like, really sweating. Ripped that off. And, like, you're in Tampa, bro. Like... Yeah, so then so th- not only are you like walking around shirtless and pumping up the Jets home crowd <laughs> on your way to the locker room, the amount of photo evidence that has come out after this with him like standing at the curb with his suitcase waiting for an Uber, there's video of an <laughs> Uber <laughs> driver like picking him up from MetLife Stadium. Like just the whole thing is just banana land. It's uh, and and like Antonio Brown wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, he doesn't look upset. He's got his chain on. And it looked super happy in the Uber, right? Like the Uber driver went viral yeah, today. Like, hey, Bizzle, or whatever he called him. And he's like, yeah, what up? Like, he didn't seem to you know, give two shits that he just lost his job or quit. He quit, yeah. Didn't get fired. He quit. Well, Bruce Arian says, you didn't quit. You're fired. Yeah, that's absurd. (sighs) Number three? Yep. This is going to be kind of a hot take here. Um, Only because the other two are, I think, really good. Um, Dennis Green, Arizona coach. Yes. I'm sure you have him on yeah, your he's, list he's as well. He's my next one, number two. Um, I mean, iconic, right? Like They are who they thought we were. Yeah. You want to crown their ass? Crown them. <laughs> uh, like, the fire and the passion. Like, you can't hate it. You can't knock it. Um, but the entertainment that comes from that. Yes. Like, what, like, what year was that? Right, like we're talking mid two thousands. Yeah, I think that was the year the uh, Bears, Bears made it back to the Super Bowl. Yes, two thousand six. Um, they lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts. I believe you're right. Um, I guess. And, I mean, still fifteen, sixteen years later, we're still talking about this dude. Uh yeah. Do you have anything else on him? No. Great. Uh you come back with number two? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Because I'll have like a 2A. Cool. I love Dennis, it. Since we both had Dennis Green. 
my number two. Mike Singletary. Oh, I don't have him on my list. No, at all. No. Nice. My number two is Mike Singletary, 49ers coach in 2008. At a halftime, they were down 19 to 3. Okay. His halftime speech, he dropped his pants <laughs> in, in the locker room um, and then made a reference and pointed to his ass <laughs> and compared their their play, their level of play, ass. <laughs> well, you know, point taken. And then and then I had to do a little bit further resource uh research, just being resourceful. Um they ended up losing that game. Shocking, right? Well, thirty four you- to thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> when when you got a leader rallying the troops like that, it is hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? You are a player, you just played like shit in the first half. You know it, you're about to get reamed out. The head coach drops trow. <laughs> so, so uh when i played uh jv football <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah senior year yeah couple show ponies uh <laughs> we <laughs> we were uh we were getting our teeth kicked in <laughs> and, and you know jv football <laughs> it's not like varsity where you go to the locker room at halftime you usually just go to like an end zone or whatever teams go to the opposite end zone so we're like taking a knee in the end zone and coach Pete holler, holler coach Pete. If you're listening proceeds to tell us how we're getting fucked in the ass <laughs> <laughs> and, and to, <laughs> to make his point crystal clear, he is air, air, <laughs> air, air humping the air. And then for further emphasis would bend over and grab his ankles as you know, here's what the team's doing to you, and here's what's going on, and like, <laughs> and like, I can only imagine the parents, what the parents in the state watching this grown man have just a complete meltdown to a bunch of 15 year old kids, and it's not like we had any talent either; we were bad. Uh, <laughs> so, so I am no stranger to coaches pointing out body parts and how it may <laughs> and that's almost equate to your uh level of play <laughs> that's almost more shameless because you're just in an end zone oh, like yeah. you're you, there for the world to see yeah you don't have a building you don't have a tunnel to go into oh my god coach pete love you buddy that was amazing did you guys win that game uh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> despite pete's effort best efforts we did not win that game <laughs> Oh man, uh, what is your um well uh, so number number two, two I did have Dennis Green. Mm-hmm. Iconic, right? Uh I got a two A though. Or two B. Or not to be. Um that go, is the question. Going to the college football ranks. Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm forty. Have you ever seen that one? Um Texas No Tech? Oklahoma State. Oh. So they were – someone in the media was asking about one of his players. It's like, don't pick on him. He's a kid. You want to come after somebody, you come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
brilliant. I'm I'm a little disappointed in myself that I haven't uh I have it up here. We'll play it after the show. Hell yeah. It's a good one. Good good meltdown. His his face does look familiar now that he's got that awesome head of hair. He's got that like mullet, mullet thing going. Yeah, he's got a good head of lettuce. He must have been a scandal in or there must have been a, a different scandal with him I don't at think Oklahoma so. State. Either like beating his players or something, right? Mm, or no. Allegedly. He's still Alleged alleged. Love it. Is he still at Oklahoma State? Um, Do you have his like profile up? He's still coaching. He's got a great team. Currently looking. Head coaching. He's got a good head coaching record. Yeah, he's still at he's still at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I I think they like him down there. I must be thinking about somebody else. All right. Interesting. Yeah, no, what's your number one? Jim Mora. This is a half quote. We couldn't do diddly poo. <laughs> On, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to try this without laughing. We couldn't do diddly-poo on offense. We suck. It was a horseshit performance. <laughs> <laughs> the, fact, the fact that a grown man, head NFL football coach, used the term diddly-poo in a sentence, in an interview, was amazing. I didn't even realize he's known for the playoffs outburst. How have I not heard about the diddly poo reference until today? Right. That interview that I was listening to had me in stitches. He was just going off. It was brilliant. I Googled him because that doesn't that just sound like something that like a southern man would say? Yeah, like a pastor mm-hmm. who can't can't swear. Yes. But like still wants to be a little like, like oh, spicy. All fudge. Yeah. Diddly poo. Yeah. Right. Huckleberries. <laughs> um wow. He's from California. Hmm. What a square, dude. <laughs> Diddly poo. Like, dude, just say it, bro. Well the, the, but then the best part is he says horse shit like yeah. sixty seconds later. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> like Are we swearing or are we not swearing? Or that Diddly poo is the rising action. Horse shit was like your climax. <laughs> Uh, we couldn't do diddly poo on offense. Oh man, we suck. <laughs> of of everyone that we just mentioned on this list, who would you want to have dinner with? J- Jim Mora. Yeah. Well, Dennis Green's dead, unfortunately. Oh man, really? Yeah. R.I.P. A lot of death in this podcast. This is a dark podcast. Yeah, it's ominous. That, number thirteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, Denny Green died a while ago. Um, yeah, Jim Mora. I mean, maybe AB, but like, definitely, definitely not Keyshawn. Can we be honest? You're paying for that dinner if you go to dinner with AB. Like, like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) There's no chance you're even splitting that. You better pick the spot. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going somewhere nice and you're getting that bill. Uh, oh man let's cut him yeah he's had a hard day today. he has had a hard day. well and like we said we don't know what he's going through but <laughs> <laughs> oh man my number one um and it is fucking electric <laughs> T.O. after the Tony Romo like incident and he went to the media with the sunglasses that's the my aviators. quarterback yeah he's like that's 
that's my quarterback, man. The best meltdown because it is so iconic. Um, and that was like one of Romo's first years as quarterback. Yeah. So then like. Was that the botch snap? Was it that game? I think so. The botch snap, like, because Romo was still holding. Yeah field goal kicks wasn't he yeah and they had like a 20 yard field goal or an extra point or something and bobbled the snap on thanksgiving right was it or was it a playoff game it might have been i it it was an important game or a game that a lot of like that had a lot of viewership yeah um so iconic for a number of reasons because like i love the camaraderie of him like hey that's my quarterback but like bro why are we crying? Yeah, and T.O. doesn't seem like a crier. Like, so extra to do that. Um, and then, and then like, the, like, he'd been starting games for, like, not all season. Like, it, he had just begun starting football games. Just, just, like, the whole thing was bizarre. But, yeah, crying in front of the media when your T.O. is just, like, next level extra. Well, he had a couple of moments like that, doing sit-ups in the driveway and, mm-hmm. yeah, T.O. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that was a good top five. I love that top five. If you're bored at home, Google some of these meltdowns. They're good, yeah. especially Jim Mora. He's got like a six-minute video on YouTube. Yes. The Mike Singletary one would be good. Apparently, there's no video evidence, but he himself confirmed it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, God. All right. Well, if you want to follow Mike, head on over to Twitter, MRK Mikey. You can follow me at Impact Sports Management, Twitter, Instagram, and Substack. That's all we got. Uh, I'll talk to all of you on Wednesday. Before we sign off here. Uh-oh. Um, no, just like Happy New Year, man. Oh, yeah. Happy um, New Year. First podcast 2022. Yeah. That's big. Um just looking back on like 2021 you thankful for anything man yeah all of it i had a good 2021 thankful to be doing what i love thankful that you talked me into doing this podcast mm-hmm. ben too it's been a lot of fun yep we have ben a third too. friend um, um i'm thankful that i was able to start my agency thing hopefully in a couple of weeks i'll have more announcements on that uh, i got some hopefully exciting stuff going on this spring Woo. um and if not even if I don't, it's been exciting and fun and something I look to continue doing and dominating eventually. So, yeah, 2021 was a good year. And then I got my daughter coming in a week, less than a week. That feels weird saying to yeah. your daughter. When yeah. you said son for three years, saying daughter. A little, little goofy. but Did in the right order. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm thankful for a lot. How about you? Hell, yeah. Same. Um, I mean, with COVID, it's just so weird, right? Yeah. Um, so Not like, thankful for COVID. No, yeah, fuck COVID, dude. Um, shit can go home. But yeah, like I think about BC before COVID um, and like how life was and then like you transition into COVID and like may, part of it is just Alex and I are in our early 30s, um, like very early 30s. I want to emphasize that. Um, might be going through a quarter life crisis speaking for myself not for alex um so want to put emphasis on that um but yeah mostly mostly just thankful that like 
healthy, like comfortable, right? Like yeah, you not uh, fighting paycheck to paycheck. Exactly, like not fighting for bread, um, to put on the table, and honestly, just like I'm happy, dude. Like yeah, uh, I think is the biggest thing. So yeah, to like a good 2022. Um, thankful for 2022. Cheers, brother. Cheers, dude. Um. Yeah, no, and pumped to see what 2022 brings. Um, a year of many pivots, uh, like 2020, 2021. Um, you got to keep your head on a swivel out here, man. You do. You sure do. The good news is I think this stuff's going to be, well, winding down, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Get back to a little bit more of a normal. And, yeah, good stuff's on the horizon, man. Do you have a resolution? I don't. I'm not big into resolutions either. And if I did, they would be private. Maybe I'll tell you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check back next week. Um, no, same. I, I mean, all the same things, right? Like, I, I like, kicked ass with that 75 hard thing, and then I kind of yeah. went off the rails a little bit the other way. So I'd like to maybe find a happy medium. Wait, uh, what do you mean you went off the rails? Oh, just, like, I went from a super strict diet to my wife's making... Like cookies. Oh, and, dude, she made some cookies today. Uh, they're so good. And so. yeah, so just like, you know, finding a, a balance. Got some back pain I'm working through. So I'd love to get back to <laughs> working on, you know, Mike mentioned early 30s. It feels like I'm in my early 50s. <laughs> Alex currently standing. Yeah, I can't sit for <laughs> 240 anymore. Uh, it does feel better, though. But man, for a couple of days, like, oh, I couldn't walk. So yeah, and and like, can I just say, resolutions like, great for some people as like a start fresh like slate whatever. Can you just do it? Yeah, that's the big thing about resolutions. Like, if you need January first to kick yourself in the ass, by the time January eighth rolls around, you're gonna be done with that shit. Yeah. So just do it. Like, get better every day, and you're not gonna be perfect after one day. But read ten pages of book, work out, eat better do that for 365 days you're going to be 365 percent better than you were today and much happier people won't recognize you yeah for in sure. a number of ways yeah you'll drop weight you'll look better you'll feel better one weird thing about the diet i've always been like a pimply guy like not like super bad but like i get define pimply my i have an oily nose so i get pimples on my nose i'll get them on my chin <laughs> Uh, ladies, sorry, he's taken. Yeah, I know. I sound amazing right now. <laughs> uh, when I went on that diet for 75 days, I didn't have a single pimple. Now that I've gone back to like where I'll eat crap, pimples. Oily nose is back at it, dude. Yeah, and like weird. So just get better. It you would be what? intriguing to know what, like, is it the sugar? Probably. Is it, is it just the pure amount of beer? sugar. Well, which also is converted into sugar when it gets into your body. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Just play one on TV. <laughs> All right. No, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. No, happy 2022, guys. Happy 2022. Go out there. Get after it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, spread it around. Continue this thing growing. If you didn't, well, don't tell anybody. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> on that note... Later. Later.